First, there was the most terrifying night in cinema history. Then there was the dawn. Next came the day. Now it is time for... Oh, wait, I, I forgot a couple. Next came the scariest um, land ever seen. Um, after that was a diary of pure dread. Then the question became, would there be anyone who would survive... Oh. Now, finally, the most horrific mid-afternoon between 2.30 and 3.45. That's right, Zombies Part 1 on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your puppet master, Insane Mike. Now, what is Attack of the Killer Podcast? Well, it is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends pick a topic, discuss movies within that topic, and so on and so on and so on. We speak freely in this group. There are no secrets. So, Jason, show me on the doll where the man touched you. There... <laughs> There are times where there may be spoilers, but hey, shit happens. Get over it. Attack of the Killer Podcast is also a proud member of the Phantom Podcast Network. And if you have never heard of the Phantom Podcast Network, well, let me tell you about it. Phantom Podcast Network is an amazing website full of incredible horror-themed shows such as This Might Sound Crazy, Nightmare Junkhead, Horror Junkies, Horrorcast, Dead Dying and Other Things, Classic Horror Club, and A to Z Horror. You can check these shows out at downrightcreepy.com backslash phantom. Now before we move on, it is time for a public service announcement brought to you by Attack of the Killer Podcast. Do you have a gambling problem? Are, are your fingernails constantly stained silver at, from scratch-off tickets? Did you lose your life savings betting on your son's second grade kickball game at school? If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, forget Gamblers Anonymous. We have a much better way for you to waste your money. Send them to our Patreon campaign and have them donate. Donate to our Patreon is a sure thing. Now with all new perks for donating, such as shoutouts on the show, a playlist of all the original Attack of the Killer podcast music, video updates from the podcast crew, a commentary episode of your choosing, a transcript of Brian's amazingly hilarious Insane, insane Picks intros, bonus episodes, and you could even get a t-shirt. Just go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP. That's patreon.com backslash AOTKP. We've worked really hard to give you these perks as a way of saying thank you for donating. You'll really enjoy them, I bet. Oop. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> and now, it is time to introduce you all to our undead podcast crew. And right now, I just want to apologize. And you'll find out why. 
This zombie's favorite part of the human is to eat the hand because they are finger looking good. Tad good, everybody. Good one. <laughs> he ate a clown, but he didn't like it because he thought it tasted funny. Jason Bollinger. Yo, ha, ha, what's up, everybody? Next up, she was late for dinner, and all she got was the cold shoulder. Terry Turford. <laughs> uh, uh, hello. She's never late. And lastly, this zombie just dumped his girlfriend. Then he wiped his ass. John Stalter. Oh, oh, oh. Hi. Perfect. That was my favorite. <laughs> That's all I got. Hi. Now, unfortunately, Brian, Brian Clark couldn't be here tonight because he had to go to court. There's a man suing him, claiming that he that he ate him from the waist down. Don't worry, though. I don't think the case. I think the case will be thrown out because the guy doesn't have a leg to stand on. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> I totally remember he, why I stopped doing he, the show. He, lo <laughs> <laughs> he loves growing. What was the apology for? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. All of them. He loves groans just as much as laughter. So uh, yeah, he gets a lot of groans. All right. So legs. all right. So before we get into the topic, it is time for some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack. Um, I was just going to bring up that, since it's uh, relevant to our topic of the night, that there is going to be a new Day of the Dead movie called Day of the Dead Bloodline, <laughs> which is it's supposed to be a quote-unquote reimagining of the original Day of the Dead um, where it kind of sounds like the plot is there's a girl who used to go to med school, and all it says is she's tormented by a dark figure from her past, and the dark figure is like half human and half zombie. This is already crap. I look to you, Mike. How does this have anything to do with Day of the Dead? <laughs> no shit. Uh, it's a it's a reimagining. It's a, uh, explain it's a to me list. explain to me half man, half zombie. I don't yeah. know, that's just what it says. Uh, I was looking at Mike. I was he's, Mike. He's zombie from the waist down because he has a stiffy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I regret asking. <laughs> I mean they showed uh, they um and John Jonathan Sheesh? Sheesh. I don't know how you say Sheesh. Um, from <laughs> he was in Prom Night, Joy, and Laid to Rest. Okay. That guy with dark hair. Oh know. yeah, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Sheesh. But they show pictures of him before and after the infection, and I don't know. All I know is that this article on Bloody Disgusting referred to him as like the new modern take on Bub, and I wanted to punch them. Oh, God. So. And that's but, how it's you know, Day of the Dead. You gotta give it a shot. You no. Don't know it's no, you don't. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I, not every remake. I, I mean, I'm not against every remake, but like that sounds like a big pile of shit. Well, we were, you never know. We were talking. Half the time, bloody disgusting is really awful at describing things. That's just because so. they're just really awful. I'll wait yeah. for a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, at least a trailer. Then we'll all vomit together. <laughs> well, it says that um, it's dated for theaters and video on demand starting January 5th. So, so what they're saying is it's going to be in two theaters and be on video on demand. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well we were talking before the show started we're about the the first time they did a day of the dead remake the one with ving rames and i'm just remembering now one of the things that really pissed me off about it because it's this is sounding like the same thing you know you could say reimagining and i think i'm learning that the the translation of the word reimagining is just cashing in on another title because exactly. it sounds like just like the first reimagining of Day of the Dead has nothing to fucking do with Day of the Dead. You know, because the first remake was about the beginning of the zombie outbreak. What Day of the Dead is is about the end of the zombie outbreak when there's like hardly any humans left. And they're totally missing the fucking point. You're... You could just slap any zombie title name to that and then call it a reimagining of that of that movie at this point. We're never going to get Diary of the Dead uh, remake, though, that's for sure. Yeah, you never know. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know why we talk like this. <laughs> okay. Yes, we can. All right, a couple things I want to bring up in Killer News. Um... Umbrella Entertainment is releasing Orca the Killer Whale to Blu-ray December 6th. Awesome! What? Yeah! How the fuck did I not hear about that? Yes! <laughs> Does awesome. it have a commentary with us going... You can listen to our commentary. Because that's all I care about. But no, I, I'm excited about this. Are you familiar with this Umbrella Entertainment? Yeah, they're, well, they're Australian. Yeah, it's Australia. Yeah. They've... I only really have uh, heard about their stuff within like the last six months. I mean, I think they're fairly new in general, or at least yeah, that's my impression. West Mark. I mean, I know we still have it's an import, but yeah, I mean they're they're also putting out silver uh, silver, silver bullet. bullet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they're making a name for themselves, so I'm I'm intrigued to check out their stuff. I'll, I'm willing to spend the money and import it if it's good, especially if they're going to release stuff that nobody else wants to touch here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's exciting. And then the other one I'm really excited for is Dario Argento's opera is yeah. coming to Blu-ray January 23rd. Fuck yeah. Thanks to Doppelganger releasing and Scorpion releasing. I'm not familiar with either yeah. of those labels either. Um, Scorpion, I think, is sort of involved with uh, Kino Lorber. Okay. I think. Okay. I... I I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I mean it's it's a name that I've heard. All right. So does that mean it will be like a um, like sixty dollar steelbook oh, release? No, this isn't Synapse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking love Synapse, but really that much for a fucking Suspiria, you fucking dicks. Yeah. Ugh. yeah still they still haven't got popcorn yet, because yeah. Well, you but it's they have the regular uh, Blu-ray yeah, release now. They corn. do. I'm a yeah. Two weeks they announced it like two weeks after I fucking bought the fucking steelbook. 
dicks. They did that with the Demons movies, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, Bastard. hey, how exciting is that? Opera, come on, Blu-ray. 5.1 yeah. soundtrack, uh, remastered, restored, high definition. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It's, a, it's a great movie. I still have my VHS that's titled uh, Night at the Opera. Oh, wow. Was that a U.S. release? Yeah. I, I th- Well, I bought it used um, at a place here in town. That It was just an antique store that would uh, had a section that had VHS in it sometimes. I found a few good things in there, and I found that there. So, that's cool. Well, one, I never, yeah. I never realized it ever got a U.S. VHS release for one, and then also calling it Night of the Opera. Yeah. Because my my VHS experiences with the opera was shitty ass bootlegs, so off of Japanese laser discs. Sexy. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have for killer news. Did anybody have anything they wanted to add? Tad might have a quick little news bit. Yeah, I just have a quick review. Um, Thursday night, the wife and I went to Chicago to see John Carpenter live again, which was really cool. He's uh, on his... This is the anthology tour. The last one was the retrospective tour, so he's pretty much just um, renamed the tour and put it back out there. But I think he's playing bigger, bigger venues this time around because uh, he played at the Aragon Ballroom this time, and last year he played at Talia Hall, which was about half the size. Cool. And the show was pretty much the same because I mean I don't know what else he can really do besides bring his band up, um, play the movie clips behind him as he's playing the themes. But he, what I did like was that he switched up the playlist and he added quite a few songs this time. Um, this year he played, he added Vampires, the, the theme for Vampires, uh, the nice. theme for Body Bags, which oh, was cool. cool, the theme for Village of the Damned, and he did a cover of the Starman theme, which is really awesome to see too. And uh, last year when we went, I wasn't sure what it would be like. I just knew if John Carpenter's on tour, I had to see him. And it's actually really awesome because he plays with a full band, his son, his godson. He has a... Uh, Let's see, there's, I think, six, a six-piece band on stage, and the songs just sound really cool with a full band. Drummer, you know, two guitar players, a bass player. It's it's really something awesome to see John Carpenter at 69 on a, on a road tour, you know. Up there rocking right. it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he has, like, <clears throat> two or three moves that he does on stage, <laughs> and... and uh, he still is using the same ones I saw him use last year, which is he'll. One of them is he points at his own eyes and then looks at, looks for somebody in the front row and points at their eyes like he's watching them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, it's funny the first time, but after like the sixth time, it's like uh, this is getting sort of weird. <laughs> but, um, and then his other one is like he he like he like ma- balls his hands into little fists and he does this like sort of a lane like little little dance from uh, Seinfeld. I don't know. It's sort of weird. Uh, like little, he does a little kicks sort of, and it's funny. <laughs> he, he, he did, he did add one new move this tour. He, um, he will put his hand out and he'll slowly pull the gum out of his mouth and put it in a wrapper and then pull another piece out and put it in his mouth. He did nice. that like four times during the show. Cause I think that's how he quit smoking. And I, I don't think there's any, 
I, I, and I don't think there's any way to um, gracefully pull gum out of your mouth and put a new piece in. So he just like, he made it, it look sexy. Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it's funny because it, every everything the guy does gets a reaction out of the crowd. So like when he's pulling gum out of his mouth, everyone's like, "Yeah, pull the gum out." <laughs> <laughs> he can do whatever he wants on stage. Look at me, I'm tying my shoes. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, everybody in that room would sit around and just watch John Carpenter tie his shoes, so it's like, whatever. I want to play video games with him. <laughs> yeah, I saw they, they're doing, like, um, little behind-the-scenes clips from every stop they have on this tour, and uh, I hope to God they're recording this for, like, a live Blu-ray and we get some behind-the-scenes stuff oh, because yeah. awesome. Ooh, that'd be cool. they were showing, uh, in some, if you go back on his Facebook page and watch some of the videos, there's one of him playing, like, uh, I think he's playing either a SNES Classic or an NES Classic. And uh, he's, oh, I think he's playing Mario, and, he's, and of course he's, he's killing it because, like, he's probably better at video games than movies these days. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, there's also some funny videos of him, like, there's a video of him playing with the door at an old theater that's creaking, and he's just slowly opening and closing the door to annoy everyone. And I just love seeing uh, John Carpenter just be, be a human. It's sort of interesting. But, um, yeah, the, the show was awesome. Uh, he, I think he cut a few of the lost themes tracks in favor of movie themes, which I think is a good thing when uh, you're there to see the movie themes. You know what you're there for. Uh, and, and I love those lost themes tracks, but they sort of when he's playing live, they sort of kill the vibe just because he doesn't have any, like, videos going on with those. Mm, yeah. Um, but, sense. yeah, it's it's really cool to just... It, we live in a weird time now It's where it's yeah. cool to like, a music composer. And, you know, I saw Hans Zimmer and John Carpenter in the same year. That's so weird. Wait, you saw Hans Zimmer? Yeah, I saw him in Chicago over the summer, and it was awesome, too. Oh, man, that would have been amazing. Yeah, his show is quite a bit bigger than uh, Carpenter's. Yeah, and why? But he, but he's just oh man, he's just damn. I'm jealous. Jealous yeah. of both. Well, he just put out a live Blu-ray of, of that uh, tour also. So I mean, you didn't see it live, but you can you can get the live Blu-ray and it's it's. Uh, yeah, I'll actually look into that. It looks awesome. So. But other than that, yeah, it was uh, the other cool thing about the show is the merch because. There is just like an overabundance. There, he has an individual T-shirt for like every movie he's directed. Oh he man! Two tour T-shirts. He Jesus. had uh, tote bags. He had a poster from at least five or six of his movies. Vinyl records from almost all of his movies. Oh, God, God damn man. it! <laughs> I bought a pair of They Live sunglasses. They're just sort of standard oh. sunglasses. But they say like obey and consume on the side. Oh, nice. I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> They, they I had, gotta fetch this off. They had hoodies. I mean, I, I had a hard time walking away without, you know, breaking the bank, but uh, just take PayPal credit. I want every single thing you got here. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. It was, oh, I mean, wow. just the, the merch alone was awesome, and they whoever's just doing his, like, design work is doing a really awesome job. I got a shirt that had, uh, just has, you know, Anthology Tour on it in the classic, like, Halloween font. But there's a circle around it, and it has a little hand-drawn icon from each of his films. So, for like, for example, Assault on Precinct 13 is like a, a little ice cream cone with crosshairs on it. Um, 
for Halloween. This could have been the entire episode. Like we could just listen to you talk <laughs> yeah, about no. the merch. We don't even have to hear about the actual yeah. show, the merch. The, this uh, episode of Tacky Killer Podcast is John Carpenter merchandise. Yeah, I mean it was like I said, I I got up to the thing and I'm like, oh man, what do I want? What do I want? There's like a hundred people behind me. I'm like, just give me like four shirts. It's cool. But good call on the glasses, though. I mean, where, that's cool. Where else are you gonna get something like that? Uh, yeah, because yeah. I was up there. Yeah, and I was like, it was a last minute decision. Because yeah, I saw those. I'm like, got to get those. So you, yeah, you made the right choice on that. those. Those are really unique. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you guys know where he lives, so we can go jump him and take his stuff. <laughs> well, luckily for you guys, um, if he if it's like last year, he took all the. Um, Stuff that was left over, and he puts it online for a pretty decent price. So, cool. Well, I guess oh, okay. I'm gonna be broke. Yeah, <laughs> eh, it's just money. I didn't need it anyway. So yeah, that that was an awesome show. And if he's, I think he's got a few more dates. Not that um, any of them are nearby us, but if anybody's listening in another part of the country, go see him. We don't know how much longer John Carpenter will be with us. So, yeah, and you just killed him. No, no, I've 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 been saying that for like ten years now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he looked like a skeleton in the you know the mid eighties. So yeah, honestly, I I'm surprised that he's sixty nine. Yeah, when yeah, it's like my parents are older. I'm like, really? That's it? <laughs> you meant one hundred and sixty nine. Eighty nine. When yeah. he, was, he was playing body bags, and it's like I, I think I mentioned in the uh, the made for TV episode. It's sort of eerie how he resembles that like the made up version of himself. Yeah. He's like. He surpassed the uh, creepy crypt creeper version of himself now. <laughs> God bless him, though, man. Oh yeah, to be without him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it just makes me more, more jealous. I, mean, I had a yeah. couple friends from Chicago that went, and I hate y'all. <laughs> well, my my buddy Ernesto actually met him at the show. So Ooh. fuck Ernesto if he's listening. <laughs> So, oh, we do have one more bit of killer news. Uh, It's somebody's birthday today here on Attack of Killer Podcast. It's it's Tad's birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Um, I sort of of forgot it was my birthday when I agreed to to record it, and I'm like, oh, my birthday's, oh, well, you know, cool. Let's do it. So you can tell how big of a deal it is that it's my birthday to me when I forgot about it. <laughs> How old are you now? 32. Fucking youngins. Kids. Just a bunch of kids. <laughs> well, see, I get on here and it just makes me feel younger, so. There you go. <laughs> you're, well, you're welcome. All right, Dad, get us back yeah. on track. Yeah, come on, Grandpa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so. Let's get to the topic in hand. This episode, the topic is zombie films. Now, zombie films have become such a huge subgenre in horror, but we're keeping our conversation down to a select few titles. Now, I personally, I love zombie movies. Some of my all-time favorite films are zombie flicks. Um, but I also realize that uh, some of the worst movies that are made are also zombie movies. Um, a lot of people feel that the genre as a whole is way overdone. And even though I am a huge fan of The Living Dead, I have always been overly cautious of the topic. So that's why after all these years, we're just now getting around to doing a zombie episode. Uh, But even as a filmmaker, 
I, I'll tell you right now, I've got like hundreds of ideas for zombie films, but I have always tried to avoid telling zombie stories over and over and over again, with Collapse being the only zombie movie I ever made. And even when I tell people about Collapse, I tell them it's a zombie movie, but not really. So my first question... go, what's Collapse? No, I'm uh, just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Um, Love you. Or Footsteps the Movie, if you watch it on Amazon Prime. Um... Uh, what seriously? The audio is so off on the Amazon Prime. I tried watching it the other day and I couldn't even get through it just because the sound of, of footsteps is I thought louder. That was the good one. Uh, the, really? Yeah, I think that's the good one. Sound of footsteps is louder than the dialogue in the movie. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to bring this episode down for. Jason and myself. So, my first question to the team is: Is why do you think there are so many zombie films? Easy to make. Easy to make. I really, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great ones. There's a lot of bad ones. But really, when it comes down to it, it's it's a it's a quick movie to make. I mean, when it comes down to it. Okay. A little bit of little bit of special effects, and you know, you, people yeah. die. I mean, it, it seems it's like, like slashers, quick and easy. Yeah, it's, it seems like the most accessible sort of monster, maybe. Like, yeah, you can make zombies on the super cheap. Like, some yeah. dark eye makeup and a little fake yeah. blood, and you're fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, She's right, though. I mean, Terry is extremely right. Like, you don't need to have the full-on makeup that a lot of them have. You know, the good ones have. Just... Yeah, a little bit of shit here, a little bit of shit there. Well, was it Nightmare City? Put some oatmeal on them. <laughs> yeah, burn some oatmeal, put it on their face. You got zombies. It's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's don't, it's one of the easiest things to do. Don't even bother putting makeup on the neck or the hands or any other oh, exposed flesh. That Just the face. <laughs> also, not to say that people who portray zombies in film are bad actors, but it takes... I mean... There are some that are featured that, you know, it does take some chops to all the physicality and all that. But as in general, you can have like a hundred zombie extras that, you know, they don't have to be the greatest actors in the world by any means. Some background people, you know, just kind of shambling. You know, you're good. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's, you know, people who might not act normally are like, yeah, I can be a fucking zombie. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, you can you can be like, all right, I'm making this low-budget horror movie. Uh, I need an ex- some extras that are zombies. You people are interested, you're not going to get paid. Oh, yeah, that'll be cool. You know, it's, it's easy to do. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for all of that. Like, I think you can try to make your movie look bigger on a grander scale because... Um, because if you have a movie that's with zombies, then you can get like all these extras again, like you said, who can't, who do- doesn't necessarily need to know how to act, and so you can get that done on a super cheap, but make your movie look bigger than it actually is by having you know a hundred non-paid extras. And my my rule of thumb is always, you know, if you know. If it doesn't look good, just dump some fake blood on it. So, there, there you go. Now you got your zombies. So, and with the success of The Walking Dead, it's become the most 
popular thing ever. And that's what I was going to say is just uh, the popularity of it right now is at an all time high again, and yep. it's an easy way to cash cash in on on a popular trend. Yeah. And I was going to say that too, but I think that they were their zombie films were still really prominent before that. Like in but the they, genre, they definitely, they, seem... they definitely go through ups and downs. Sure. They kind of. I mean, in all you know, you you have spurts of vampire films and that yeah. too, but, but I zomb- know, it just it seems like there's a lot of fucking zombie movies. Yeah, zombie and films think- never really truly go away. And that's the thing, like, I, I understand, like, the trend of The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's been on for eight years now, so that's a long-ass trend. We're still that's we're a, still getting constant zombie movies after zombie movies. Boring-ass trend. Well, that is just a instantaneous, ex, like, understood bad guy. Yeah, you don't like, need to really develop to that. Develop a char- you, know. you don't have to have any, any uh, explanation why they're there. They're zombies. Yeah, that's a good point that's all, too. That's all you need. How many times have we seen a zombie movie that it feels like the zombie, the zombie plot is just a background for the real story they want to tell? You know what I'm saying? Right. Interesting. I just thought it might be fun to start off talking about that a little bit. Cool. Okay, so who wants to start us off? Uh, Tad, since it's your birthday, you can go first. What movie should we talk about first? <laughs> it's going to be that all night. Yep. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Um, let's just do The Dead Next Door and get that one going. Get it out of the way. No, I mean, I guess now that I've had a little more time to think <laughs> about it, it's it's. I, I, I knew saying that it was awful would rile everyone up, so... Yeah. It, it, the basic premise of it is um, there's a, a group of dudes out killing zombies, and they're sort of met with a resistance of this religious group that is that believes that the zombie apocalypse is a result of people, I don't know, sinning, I guess. Uh, it, and it's essentially a um, home video with zombies in it, but the effects are, are actually... The effects are actually pretty... Uh, I don't know. Entertaining. For, yeah, entertaining. Yeah, for the ultra low, low, low budget. Yeah, it almost makes up for that acting. Yeah, it's a film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I bought it years ago through, uh, I think a Best Buy or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's special. <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought the plot line was interesting, but. What I spent most of my time watching it, I was just trying to catch all the names and figure out what horror person they were named after. Because yeah. nearly every single character yeah. was named after someone in horror. I hate that, and Mike loves that. I don't know. I know, it, like, it was distracting, but... It is distracting when your character is okay with it. We do that. Especially I'm okay when they do it um, less obvious. Like, yeah. do we Romero Savini? Uh, it's like, do we need the biggest names? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I know the main guy's name was Ramy. Yeah, say Ramy one more fucking time. That's not a name. That's not a real person's first name. <laughs> Maybe it's his last name. I guess it could be, but 
It's not a real person's last name. But I mean, I appreciated um, all hello, of the evil Sam, dead, Ted. dead illusions, like all. Greg. Of- oh, well, Sam helped produce it, right? Yeah, yeah. Sam helped produce it, and crazy. I, and I had to step away for a second. So we're obviously talking about Dead Next Door. Um, <laughs> I figured that out. But uh, what was the consensus? We're lo- we we're like just it. talking yeah. about it. Exists. What was that, Terry? Yeah. I, kind of what I went with it. It I was thought, kind of down the middle. Like I didn't think it was awful, but I thought you would love it for Bruce Campbell. Well, wait, was he in there? Uh, he was only the star of the movie. Uh. So what had happened was <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah, Sam was one of the producers on it, and. I think it was Sam's decision that he didn't like the the sound of the guy's voice. So Bruce oh. Campbell redubbed all the all the lead actors' dialogue for the movie. So that's Bruce Campbell's voice throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Well, the- it's still special. <laughs> I was wondering why it had an erection the whole time. What was that, Tad? What? <laughs> I was wondering why I had an erection the entire time. (laughs) You're excited to feel these nipples. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) You haven't seen basketball? Anyway. No, I wasn't talking. I was talking about him dubbing. Yeah, well, either way. (laughs) Yeah, I never knew that. We we said that the, the effects made up for a lot of the bad acting. Uh, all it made up for all of the bad acting, and and Scott Spiegel's in it too. He was the the first of the zombie hunters or whatever they were called um, to die there at the beginning. He's the one that got his fingers bit by the severed head. Yeah. And you see you see the the zombie swallowing the fingers, and they come out the bottom of the neck. It's so awesome. funny, yeah. Oh yeah, it says Sam Raimi was an executive producer, but he was listed as the master cylinder. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, guys, I've never heard that term. So this movie, I'm, I'm a fan of this movie. You're going like to have to defend it. Nobody else really. <laughs> I own it. That's all I got. <laughs> Do you have the the DV, the uh, Anchor Bay DVD? Yeah, was I have that too, and I was so shocked that Anchor Bay put it out. Um, I mean, it's like a was it shot on video or shot on sixteen? I think it's shot 16. on video. Originally. Yeah, I think it's sixteen. Yeah, it's shot on bad. <laughs> <laughs> From nineteen eighty nine, uh, directed by J R Bookwalter, and who I'm a fan of because he's kind of he's definitely. He was one of the big, for me anyway, back in the day, during this era um, of DIY type of filmmaking. But he was like one of those guys that uh, basically, I guess you could say, built his own empire just by shooting his own films on shitty ass VHS. And I was and I was impressed with. Um, not just the quality of films versus other films that were shot on VHS, but the fact that he had built he had built 
his um, his label up. Tempe Video was his label. He built his up, label up enough to where he was actually he um, was acquisitioning films that were like legitimately films that were shot on you know thirty five millimeter and distributing them. Even though he, you know there it wasn't a uh, very good distribution deal, but uh, um, yeah. I love this movie. Well, I would say the fact that this exists and has come out on DVD, they did some kind of magic. I mean... And Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. Is it really? Well, he uh, put out some sort of special release and then somebody else, like, kind of, uh, I don't know how I want to say it, like, just picked it up and put it out, too. Okay. I wanted to say more bad things about it, but I couldn't. I oh, you can. Well, it, <clears throat> it just reminds me of back in the day when Mike and I were first living together in the early PF days, and we were just getting into all the Tempe shit, and I don't know, I just had a nice... It's, it's such a crappy movie, though. I don't... <laughs> uh, but uh, but the gores, I mean, yeah, the kills and the gores, just that that makes it fun to watch for me. I I watched it last night, and that's what got me through it for sure. I appreciate the creativity at the very least. The uh, yeah, the, the it's not just like buckets of gore, and it's like you was talking about the scene where he eats his fingers and you see them come out of his stomach. I mean, clearly someone was trying, and and I can appreciate that. Totally. Do you have a favorite kill moment? Hmm. Oh, I'd say probably that one was... I, I know it's not really a kill moment, but I, I just thought that that scene was cool. Um, the beheading where yeah. he's like continuing to spray blood is awesome. Yeah. The down and dirty effects in the zombies sort of uh, are... They're, they're very visceral, and they're in the light, and... I think that's that's sort of cool. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying was... to forget. Trying to forget. No, sorta. No, sorta. No, I I was gonna say the the opening scene decapitation too. Those hands just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Um, someone's hands. Some, clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> I always have a hard time with slowed down audio. Like my brain and ears can't understand it, and it happens a lot on podcasts, intros, and stuff, or in scary things. People slow down talking audio and so zombie guy at the end I just had a really hard time with him when he was talking I remember that yeah dead next door Terry yeah it was something what was your favorite kill God, I don't even remember 
I think Terry. I was half asleep during it. Terry. When when the credits rolled when the credits rolled and they killed the movie. Yeah. That was the best part. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I just what the thing that I remember is when the cop I think it was early on, like he's reaching for his shotgun. I guess it's kind of a kill. Anyway, there's like a random zombie head and it bites off his fingers. Is the goofiest looking zombie head. No, yeah, like, no, I don't remember like, that. Like paper mache or something. Um, no, it wasn't that bad. It was just goofy. Yeah, I don't know. Good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we're out of. Uh, yeah, I'm like too bad. to compliment this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm surprised we got that far. To be honest. Well, I guess Mike doesn't get a chance to talk about it. He had to step away, so it's too bad. But he can come back from the dead later, and uh, <laughs> we can just, you know, we we can like just leave a, a moment of silence, and then you know you can edit in his his comments on it. But you know, he will talk for a good while about it if we let him. So yes, he would talk a long time. Oh crap, he's back. Say what you want, quick. We're moving on. About that next door? Yeah. I've got nothing. Oh. Dang. Next. That was anticlimactic. It really was. We were building you up. We were going to insert a pause and everything. <laughs> for your rant. <laughs> it was just a movie that um, was just at the right time for me. I recognize... You know that it, yeah, the acting's bad, and you know the uh, the obnoxious use of uh, horror movie references with naming your actors after horror movie horror movie icons is um, is overly cheesy. Uh, <laughs> you love it, I, but I do. I, I love it. And the guy was extremely young when he made it, so I I find it quite an amazing accomplishment for what <clears throat> it is. So. You see the heart in it. Yeah, definitely a lot of heart in it. Yeah, sure. Anyway, so we can move on. Um, so, uh, Terry, what about you? Which, what movie should we talk about next? Um, How about The Battery? Alright. Uh, okay, well, I, I actually revisited it for this show. I'd seen it before. Um, I really like it. I mean, it's, um, kind of an isolation type film, even though they're out and about. It's just, just the, it follows these two guys that are baseball players. Um, and they're traveling around during the zombie outbreak, which outbreak is a loose term because you don't you rarely see large groups of zombies like it's pretty a pretty rural area um but they're just kind of traveling around because they don't know what else to do and they don't want to get trapped anywhere all that noise so it's just kind of following them around cool what'd you think about it mike 
So this is definitely one that we're uh, waiting to talk about with everybody. Um, Tad, you got to see it too, right? You've seen it? Yep. Okay. Because I, I have mixed feelings on it, and, um, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, some people think that there may be benefits of two people on the show living in the same house, <laughs> where we can actually, you know, sit next to each other and see each other's reactions to things when we're recording the show and whatnot. The 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 thing that's not the benefit of living in the same house is the urge to of me to want to talk about the movie before not, recording the show. Can't not talk about it. So and and so Jason um I feel like is wanting to drop some drop some uh, something on me about this movie. I just know like I came home the other day and you're like Oh man! I was like, "Hey, you watching these movies?" Because I hadn't got to all of them yet. And he's like, "Yeah, I saw, I seen a lot of them." And I, oh, there's this one though. Oh man! I wasn't that negative on you it. You were no. pretty like this movie sucks. I did not. Okay, I just made that up. But all right. But you said you had a really hard time with this movie, and I, which not a really which didn't hard make time. me like it more. But I'm glad I like it more. <laughs> I didn't say a really hard time. Yeah. My issues with the movie. Okay, okay, so here's the difference between this movie and The Dead Next Door. Like, right? To me, well, uh, the, the movies are similar. Well, one's watchable and one's not. Right. Now, hold right. on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Dead Next Door and and The Battery. Both movies obviously have no money. And the difference is, is the Battery. Um does what they can without overdoing it, where the dead next door tries to do everything and does overdo it, even though they have no money. And, it, and But both, to me, both it shows dramatically that they don't have the money to, to make what they're, what they're making. And the thing with the battery is, like, there's, there's a lot, there's some great moments that succeed in this, but, like, it's, def- you could definitely tell it's a movie that doesn't have a budget to make a, a, post-apocalyptic zombie film because you you all the action takes place off screen but they did make a post-apocalyptic zombie movie why do they all have to be not this i'm not saying like that they all have to be i'm not saying it can't be this i just feel like this comes off a little bit too obvious that it's this i felt like it was a choice it wasn't a well, let's, we got five bucks, so let's make it work. I felt like yeah. it was a choice. It is a yeah. choice. It totally is a choice. Because they, did, like they it, only have five bucks to I make the movie. I feel like they, they didn't have the zombies because of budget reasons. Because as we already discussed, you don't need shit for budget to have zombies. But like, I just feel like they did it as a choice to make it more uh, revolved just around the human element. As opposed to the action and gore. So it was like Clerks, the zombie version. Right. That's what you're saying. (laughs) Sure. Zerks. I got nothing. (laughs) Because that's that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just without the clever dialogue to still keep oh. you interested. And... You see, I, I feel like I was on the opposite end of Mike's idea because I felt like they knew their limitations with their budget and they used 
the resources correctly where maybe uh, the Dead Next Door, I was reading that they, you know, Sam Sam Raimi used the money he made from Evil Dead 2 to fund this. So they had some kind of money, and it looked like they had no money. It looked like they had the, uh, it looked like they were in debt. I mean, that movie. <laughs> they still, to this day, owe money yeah. to that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were stretching their resources too far, and uh, I feel like, you know, maybe they, I don't know, again, saying that the showing the zombies in the dead next door, that was probably the most um, entertaining part of the movie, as in made it watchable, where I didn't feel like I needed to even see the zombies in the battery. I mean, it did feel like it was a short film that was dragged on into a feature a little bit. It could have been... Yeah. Like, a, yeah. it could have been, you know, trimmed in half, because I feel like some of it was a little pretentious where the, some of the scenes are, they were um, maybe trying too hard to make them, I don't, not necessarily artsy, but a little too hard to make make them something they weren't. But I felt like at least the two the two actors did a very good job for what they were trying to do. And I, I think the, was it the bearded one? One of the two. Bearded, was, yeah, I wrote directed. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Thank you. And, um, I don't know. I I appreciate the slow burn of it and the like you said the human element. Um, I felt like it was intentional, so I enjoyed this one a little bit more. I totally agree with you, Tad. That's uh, that's um, a big part of my takeaway of this movie. Is it really feels like there was just a lot of moments that were too long and unnecessarily yeah. too long. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to brush your teeth for a long time, longer than. We stay on that, yeah. the brushing their teeth in the driveway for fucking ever. And there are moments that I felt that way too. Like, I felt that it was long, but oh, then. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it because it seemed more real, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, the one scene that comes to mind in particular is toward the end of the film when. He leaves? Um, the oh. non beard guy, Mickey. Well, that, yeah, that's the one. That's the one part of the movie where it was obviously the most effective because I was getting pissed off. Cause, right? Yeah, when he goes out for the keys, and it mm-hmm. is just this, such a long scene. Forever, with, no cuts. Oh. But not, I loved it, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing, it. because it obviously worked because it affected me because it pissed me off. I'm like, I literally was home by myself watching this, and I yelled at the TV. Um, just get back in the fucking car already, you know? Because um, it just stays on Beardo for like 20, 30 minutes uh, <laughs> of him wondering, you know, just, just sitting there not. waiting. And we're sitting there waiting. So it was really effective because we're really put into that moment as if we're in the back seat right next to Beardo uh, yeah. through, that, through that whole process. And so it, it was, and it was uncomfortable for me. And um, and tense, and so it worked. It worked well. And I know they use the music as sort of a, its own character, where uh, he he keeps telling him, "Stop listening to your music so loud; it's going to end up killing both of us." And even the scene where they sort of have a fight because he takes his his music and he's listening to it, and but I felt like. Um, and maybe it's just because I watch so many independent shorts for the festival, but it's like 
a stereotype where you you use you know you find certain songs and insert them into a movie just and and you don't need to play the whole song but i feel like in this movie they did that a few too many times relied on the music to put you in sort of a a space and it worked yeah. sometimes and then other scenes it did not work for me at all so i i noticed that they in the opening credits credited the music we were about to hear you know like listed a lot of the bands and stuff which yeah. isn't normal and having and then watching the movie you could tell that they made made it a bigger part of the movie mm-hmm. which i liked but yeah i know what you said there are some songs are like okay you liked this one lyric and that's why this song's here and but yeah yeah i feel and and i not to drag onto that but it's the walking dead sort of does a similar thing where they play these sort of hard folksy you know almost uh bluegrass type folksy songs to sort of put you in that rough and tumble mood like they're out in the the wilderness and they're fighting for the elements and we're listening to this sort of music and i don't know it just i've seen it a million times and maybe that's why i sort of don't it doesn't affect me as much as it used to but Another thing with this movie, uh, one of the things I'm such a fan of with zombie movies, especially the post-apocalyptic zombie film, where there's you know not a lot of humans left. You know, it's like we've we've lived through the the zombie outbreak, and now we're just the lone survivors dealing with it. I like the isolation element of that. Um, not that it's really a zombie movie, but Last Man on Earth. Is I love that movie so much because you know that whole first half of the movie is just watching Vincent Price Go just in total routines. isolation, yeah. doing his day to day routine, and you know and that whole thing was a huge influence when I wrote Collapse. Um, so, but like there was something there was something with this movie that made me hate all that. Oh. And I don't <laughs> understand if it's. I don't understand what it was, really. I don't. Maybe it's the fact that they just like I know you walked around sports, in the woods so. and just scavenged, you know, from place to place instead of like rooting home and creating a life for themselves. Maybe that has something to do with it. That's the only thing I could put my finger on. Yeah, but like it was kind of well, it was kind of a moving isolation. It was more of an isolation just between the people. Like they were isolated in their relationship with each other, and they didn't have interactions with anyone else. Was more of the isolation part of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they. I don't know. I mean, they explain why they move around. I mean, they no. talked about how they got almost got killed in that house or whatever when they tried to. Yeah, when they tried to roots. plant roots. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know, and I'm not saying there plays isn't a place into the story with there them. isn't a place for that type of living environment in in the in a film like this, but uh, just something about it with these guys just and then maybe it was because of the one guy. Like I could not stand the 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 one guy, the, the guy with the headphones. <laughs> he just he annoyed wasn't... me. His character annoyed <laughs> yeah. me through the whole movie. It was a little annoying, but and hey, the, he dies, so it's fine. And the only and the only reason I was rooting for him to not die is because I didn't want the other guy to be left alone. Yeah, 
Yeah, so. but they kind of make you go back and forth on that because, I mean, yeah, the Mickey guy is kind of, I don't want to call Soft. him a wuss. Yes, thank you. That's a, that's a much better term. Soft. <laughs> um, in comparison to this bearded guy who's just, you know, he's out and in it, you know. He's confronting all of it. You know, like the moments when he... That scene where he catches a zombie and then unleashes it <laughs> into his bedroom and forces yeah. him to kill it. Like... Dick move. Super dick. Like, he could have killed him. Like, he could have yeah. actually killed him. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's... He was trying to help him, but... I don't know. They they kind of go back and forth because yeah, Mickey can get annoying, and then I think the was it Ben? I think his name was Ben. Um, was just kind of an ass at times, and they talk about how they weren't really friends even before any of this happened. They just happened to be together. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting relationship between them. I sort of want to see this version, but with Mike and Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, who would you be had who? to go get the keys, Jason? Oh, I was <laughs> beard guy. I I love that they I love that they were ball players. I thought that was neat because that's I thought it was. Yeah, I that mean, was interesting. Yeah, and it wasn't just it, a thing. They played catch, and there were you know metaphors. But I, I thought that was a neat thing and maybe that's the other thing though too we're talking about the relationship between the two guys and how they weren't even really friends and maybe it, it all has to do with that and that's because it, it, it when there's such a dysfunctional relationship between the only two actors were falling through the whole movie maybe that's what my problem is i don't know like i just well, feel yeah. like i have nothing to root for And I, ha I had to look this up because, I mean, I used to play softball, but I didn't know. I was trying to figure out, because they, God, Terry, speak. Um, <laughs> they talk about how they're the battery in the movie. And I'm like, wait, what? And so I looked it up and I figured out that it's a baseball term, mm. which I didn't get. It's just the battery is the catcher and pitcher together. Oh, okay. I didn't know that either. So that's where the title comes from. It's baseball related. So I thought that was interesting. Well, there's, I, I, I thought yeah, that the there was other meaning behind it too, with the batteries that ran as Walkman. So yeah. yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with it though. <laughs> that's what I thought the first time I watched it, and then this time, I heard. I think it's the bearded guy says, you know, he like looks at Mickey. And he's like, yeah, we're the battery. I'm like, oh, what does this mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Baseball. Well, thankfully, we have the big jock on the podcast in Terry, so. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, in baseball, it wasn't like a, like a major theme in it. Like, it was just sort of an underlying tone to some things. Which it was just a nice change of pace because that's not something you usually have, I guess. It's just something different. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like 
I loved everything about it. I loved how slow it was. I loved how it was shot. I loved how there was just minutes and minutes of just no talking and them walking around and and it, it it I kept thinking like this is the kind of movie I would want to make. Like this everything about it is exactly what I would want to do if I got to direct a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. I loved it. I think it's yeah. my favorite one on the list. Whoa, really? I know. Yeah. I really like it. Even over Romero? I think so. Yeah, because this last what? watch, this last here. watch, it it went down a peg. I'll be honest. What the? Uh, really? Yeah. It was the opposite for me. Oh no, that's cool. Well, we're gonna <laughs> get into that. <laughs> transition, transition. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, I just, well, the only other thing I wanted to say about... I mean, Jason's still talking. Ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to bring up the uh, masturbation scene. So, oh, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. it's uh, Loved it. Let's uh, get it out in the open. So awkward and weird. Yeah, it's a masturbation it scene. Like, it did. It and it added a little guy. bit of levity because then Ben shows up. And he's just laughing his ass off at like he kills the zombie, and then he sees what Mickey was doing, and he's it was pretty funny. It's a great climax though, right? (laughs) (laughs) So great, loved it. Jesus, I just want to know it took him so long. I mean, seriously, (laughs) he probably kept thinking, "Oh, this is a dead person." Nope, it's just uh, you're, you're not a glass. guy. You don't, don't, yeah. don't think about this. I know. <laughs> no, <I'm> sorry. Uh-uh. <laughs> there were just boobs. That's all that yeah. was needed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that simple. Anyway, transition. Now, why did I bring this up? <laughs> Speaking of jerking off, how about that Romero? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it lost a little something for uh, you? This viewing. So we're gonna be talking about Day of the Dead. By the way, for those out there, Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead, George Romero's one and only Day of the Dead, <laughs> the only Day of the Dead that counts. That's right. No, it was good. I love this movie, and it'll always be the movie that got me, that turned me into a gore hound. Yeah, definitely me too. And, but it was still awesome for that. <laughs> And it was good. <laughs> I just had, this time around by my no, I think Tina watched it too. Anyway, I just had trouble. It's too late at night when you watched it. No, it was. maybe no. I just I thought that well the main thing was the racist shit. It's chocked full of racist shit. Yeah, welcome to the eighties. No, and and I know, and I you know I give it its pass, sorta. You mean just like the army dudes being the, racist? The army dudes, yes. The no, the language. The... Uh, See, I don't have a problem with that because it's that's... in character, right? Those characters are shitheads, and we want to hate. They want you to hate them and get them. You know, we, we they're the bad guys. We're supposed yeah. to. That's... I mean, it's unpleasant to hear it. Sure. Right. Right, but yeah. and so I liked I'm it less this like, time because well, of that. Oh, I just, yeah. it was just part I'm of the sensitive. character writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, buck up. 
So that's that's literally it. Just the the use. No, that was the main. That was the main thing I didn't like. Well, and then just that. I forgot his name. I didn't. I just. I ain't even gonna say it now because you're just gonna say that that's who he was supposed to be. But I hated his character too. Rhodes. No. Oh. Rhodes was fine. He's an over the top as he was, but over the but top. the 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 other other henchman guy that was steel? The bad that steel just couldn't stand him. Which one is he? Is he like the, the one that lasts too one. much? Or yeah, uh, yes. He well, he's like the he looks like Belushi, right? Sort of. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I always thought of him as Vic Morrow from Alice. Oh, Mel from Mel's Diner. Yeah, I can see that. He is he is super obnoxious throughout the movie, and his uh, laughing makes me want to punch through his face every time. Yep. His laughing or the yep the the third one down his henchman the 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 black haired one with the beard. Maybe you hit him. Whoever whoever just laughs throughout the whole oh. entire movie and never no. stops. This is bad. Yeah. Yeah. He laughed a. Like the only time I liked his laughing was when he was dying. That was yeah. the best. <laughs> Where it goes that, helium yeah. and that is like yeah, that's creepy as fuck. That's so awesome. Yeah. Like, can that happen? Probably not. But like, but, just, but it's so effective though, because even though it's not, it's it's cartoonish and not in reality. But like, we get what's happening. His voice is starting to go into a higher pitch because his vocal cords cords are getting ripped and stretched. How awesome is that? Because he's getting his head tore off. And he's getting his head tore off. Not only is he getting his head tore off, but he's getting his head tore off by pulling his head apart from his neck by using his head as a bowling ball by sticking fingers in his eye sockets. And he's alive while all this is going down. It's amazing. So, I first saw Day of the Dead on on the USA network back in the day and all the goddamn gore was intact like all of really? that oh yeah cuz i can i still distinctly cuz that movie left such an impression on me for the gore for the uh, effects alone um i mean don't get me wrong I, I love the story i love all the i love the characters and and the direction and all that stuff but but it hit me like a ton of bricks man when i saw the gore in this movie, like I never thought gore could be like. That's when I saw special effects as an art form. That's when I me really too. saw special effects as an art form, and how it amazed me, and I could not wrap my brain around how they pulled off even half of the effects in that movie. Yeah. You know, the autopsy zombie when it sets up, and I still remember watching on the USA Network. Watching all these guts spill out all over the floor and could not believe what I was watching on commercial television. It's mm-hmm. amazing. You know, so or the zombie with only you know, with the uh nothing but his brain left laying there on the table. Like how in the hell did they do that? So yeah, that was that was the movie that like made me want to yep. make movies, in particular do special effects, but yeah. I remember that was the one that when I had like friends over to watch movies, I, I wouldn't even make them watch the whole movie. I'm like, you got to see these scenes. 
<laughs> and there's the one, you know, that scene where he tears the head off, and all this, all the tearing scenes, basically, towards the end, where everybody gets torn to shit. It's like, you have to see this. I mean, I still, you know, not the strongest, and um, I still feel like Don is, you know, the pinnacle of, of the zombie uh, of Romero zombie films, but oh, I agree. I agree. It's it, this one to me always took up, you know, it took the gore up a notch. And to me, when I'm tr- when I was young and trying to get uh, a reaction out of friends or, or you know people I'm having over for movies, I'm like, you got to just see these scenes and like why people either thought it was awesome or they're like, why why do you enjoy this? You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I used to do that shit too. I would I was I would have like my collection of like super gory flicks queued up on VHS to certain moments just so when people came over and but hey check this out yeah it's like one of the tests like if you're dating somebody and and you bring them over and you're like show them this and if they come back then you know might be worth pursuing yep (laughs) yeah they just never came back for me (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) Yeah, Jason came back, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I showed him the freaking... The asshole shooting out of the butt in um, Man Behind yeah. the Sun, so... <laughs> well, there he goes. It was meant to be. <laughs> Haunts me to this day. <laughs> I know it does. Ah, uh, so what else... What else can be said about uh, Day of the Dead? You know when what? I watched it... I felt like um, when I first watched it, I watched it, obviously, I actually saw it after Dawn, and I thought, oh, this is, you know, not not as great of a story, and the characters aren't as likable, and it doesn't seem to have much of the political undertones of Dawn, but I, like I said, I love the gore, and I don't know, I, I, I really liked it, and then after sort of doing a little bit more reading on it and finding out that Romero didn't have the budget he wanted and he had much bigger yeah. scope on it and all this stuff. I tried not to let that sort of damper it, but I still feel like it really is either underrated by some people who think it's it's not good at all and then overrated by some people who say it's the best in the in the series. I would still love to get my hands on an original script to see what all he really wanted to do. Um, yeah, me if, too. If he had the budget, you know. Just to see, like, because I know we'll never see it, so. But, no, and I, I get what you're saying, too. Because out of all three, when I, saw the, when I saw the original trilogy, I saw Night of the Living Dead first, then I saw Day of the Dead, and then I saw Dawn of the Dead. So I saw Dawn of the Dead last. Dawn of the Dead, I, I feel, is the best of the trilogy as well. That's the movie, so when, I saw, when I saw Night of the Living Dead, that opened my mind up to, because that's when I was really starting to become a horror fan. But up to that point, my horror experience was like Universal Monster films and stuff like that. And that was the movie that really opened my head up of like the possibilities of things you can do with horror, and truly be horrific instead of, you know, everybody is is all happy and a happy ending at the end. And then Day of the Dead, you know, taught me a love for special effects. But Dawn of the Dead taught me a love for cinema as a whole and the whole art of filmmaking. Um, and with, but you know, with Day of the Dead, this, there's a whole feeling of dread through that whole movie. Anytime I watch it, like 
even during like lighter moments, which there are few and far between in Day of the Dead, there's just this over overwhelming feel of dread when I watch that movie, just because they won, the zombies won. It's over. It is. Game it is over. the literally the end of humanity at this point, and all hope is lost, and we're having to like watch the, for an hour and a half these last survivors just trying to keep from killing each other at this point so yeah there's few few people i hate less than the military group in that movie there's just not yeah. a single scene where i think that i don't want them dead right away not a single yeah. one of them they all suck and i hate each one of their characters yep exactly I mean, how can you hate the, the you know, the uh, goofy Mr. Bean with a beard-looking dude? I mean, they're just so mean to everybody and tossing the doctor around. It's like, what a bunch of assholes. It's like, and it's it's weird because it's like watching it now is almost relevant. I feel like, try not to make it political, but it almost feels like the the right versus the left, you know, still. And I don't know, it's, it's every time I watch it, I hate them a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100% agree. I also, but I do feel like they're not a total loss of humanity with those guys because I can kind of see their plight a little bit in the fact that, okay, so like when you're in the military and you have your, you have your group, you know, that's, that's, that's like a family. It's in and of itself that watches each other's backs. And these guys have sacrificed everything for this medical research team that just keeps that that doesn't that hasn't gotten any further since day 1 and their team the military team is dropping like flies you know the beginning of the movie we learn that they just lost their their head command and that's when Rhodes got put in charge and i just think like that was kind of like the final straw for all those guys and they just kind of they've just kind of lost it you know, because they they lost, they they are losing and have lost what's important to them, and and all because of these scientists people who are the ones running the show per se, and Rhodes has just had enough of it because they're the ones putting their lives at risk every day, while the military or the uh, scientist people are just keep saying, well, we don't know what's going on yet. Dr. Frank is crazy. And then, and then when the shit comes out, what Dr. Frankenstein's doing, what Logan's doing, and it's like, I can kind of see where uh, where Rhodes is coming from at that point. Still a madman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still an asshole. It's pretty mean. Yeah, I still get, still get sad when, you know, Bub finds him and... You oh, feel yeah. for a zombie. You feel you have the feels for a zombie. Poor bub. Yeah, and which and that's the craziest thing about that movie, and which is definitely the direction Romero started taking with the whole zombie genre in general. Is like the most sympathetic character, most relatable sympathetic character in the whole movie is a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. It had been a while since I'd seen Day, and I guess it wasn't super fresh. But I obviously remembered Bub, and I always liked him, but 
Man, I liked him so much more after this. I don't know. I guess it's just been so long since I'd seen it and I'd forgotten how awesome he is. Like, I don't know. I just love all of the bub stuff and the idea that the zombie is, you know, as close to human as a zombie can be. And it's just interesting. And it's just awesome at no at no point during the uh you know, the zombie feast crazy ass ending where all the military people are getting torn apart. At no point, even when even when Rhodes gets torn apart, does Bub have that hunger lust. He just yeah. he just shoots him, salutes and walks away. Yeah. So awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was talking earlier about how you don't have to be a good actor to be a zombie, but that is not the case for <laughs> nope. Bub. <laughs> like that took a lot to to dive into that for sure, physically That's... and just you know just the choices he had to make and oh that scene oh it's so heartbreaking that scene where you know Bub he's he's licking the the gore off of the chains. You know, like picking the little bits off and then accidentally pulls the pin, which releases the chains. And you can just see, he's like a little child of like, oh man, I'm going to get in trouble. You know, I yeah. broke the chain. So he goes to find Frankenstein and show him that, hey, I broke the chain. You know, you need to put, you need to fix it, please. You know, and then realizing that Frankenstein's dead and just that. Yeah. And he just starts crying and, you know, wailing there. Get a little teary so eyed. Sad. Isn't that crazy? A movie where zombie entrails splatter across the floor in full glorious color, and you get there's a, a, an actual scene where you get a little teary eyed for a zombie. <laughs> so awesome. So good. Very good. And a great cast. Lori Cart, uh, Lori Cardell, the daughter of. Uh, Chili Billy, um, who made an appearance in the in the original Night of Living Dead. Um, you've got John Amplis, who played Martin in George Romero's Martin. Yeah, and he was one of the uh, scientists, the one with the goatee for a while. What's that? For a while. Yeah. Joe Plato is Rhodes. It's got it's got such a great another th- reason why I love it, and I love Romero. It's just got a great ensemble. Of Romero people, like people who've worked on Romero's stuff, because Joe Plato was in Night Riders. Um, uh, the guy who played Frankenstein, uh, he was in The Crazies. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in that movie who isn't connected to Romero in another another way. And it's like one of the first films. Um, uh, uh, I'm just blanked on his name. <laughs> K and B. Nicotero. Oh, Gr- Nicotero. Nicotero. Yeah, yeah Nicotero's first films, and have you guys heard that story on how he came to work on Day of the Dead? He like saw George. They were him and his family was in uh, Italy, I believe. And just happened to be at a bistro where George Romero was eating, and went over and just talked to him, and 
you know, how they lived in the Pittsburgh area and then George Romero has just invited them to join on uh, Day of the Dead, so it's awesome. Now look at him. <laughs> look at him. So yeah, Day of the Dead's awesome. What's next? Who who has gone? Uh, has Jason gone? I y'all seen the girl with all the gifts? Woo! Yep. Yep. That's pretty weird, huh? Weird. Cool. Very cool. I thought it was. I, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, I really yeah. liked it. I thought it was. Yeah, fantastic. Glenn Close in a zombie movie. I know. So weird. What the hell? So weird. Now these are like the fast-moving zombies, and so basically, it took a little while to get a full scope on exactly what's going on. Right. Because it all what's up with these kids? Yeah, it starts off on this military base where all these children are kept locked in these in these like jail cell type rooms, and they and they have to be strapped down and their mouths covered every day as they're shipped off to a classroom and all the military people are such dicks to these kids and these kids are just so, so sweet and innocent and nice they're like you know good morning sergeant you know whatever you know and they're just like don't talk to me or whatever and and you're like what the fuck is up with these kids and then you learn that they have the virus or whatever um but i i'm still a little on a little unclear on exactly are the, the children aren't dead are they they just they have the, it's a fungus that's right it's a fungus um they are like well they call the zombies the hungries um they're like hybrids of some sort i don't think that they're 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 more human. I don't know. They're both. <laughs> well, I think this, like, the kids, the generation of the kids is, like, the first one that sort of, like she's saying, the hybrid, that they can function while still having this um, virus or disease. I thought it was because they were fetuses and their moms got it. Right. And, and, and moms died. That's right. Right. Then, yeah, that's right. So they weren't. Bit, yeah. So they're it's just in, in their, their blood. blood. They're a hybrid just of human hybrid. slash zombie. Yeah, half human, half zombie. There they are. Oh shit! This new day of the dead's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because these kids were awesome. So the yeah. main kid was awesome. Yeah, the girl. Yeah, she yeah. was really good. But yeah, and Glenn Close is. Kind of a baddie slash goodie. I don't know. She well, she is probably one of the more antagonistic characters yeah. of the film. But I mean, she's an heart's ass, in the right place. But we know what we understand what she's trying to do. But she exactly. just doesn't. She just doesn't go about the most diplomatic way of doing things either, though, yeah. or the most humane way of doing things. So, because she believes that the this girl in particular is is the answer to the cure, right? And she sort of was. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. I just really appreciate when uh, I don't know appreciate something that's completely original and different and something yeah. like maybe that's one of the reasons that the zombie genre is so popular is that because it's based it's really so broad i mean you take this for example blank canvas compared yeah, yeah co- compared yeah. to something as simple as the dead next door is so very different but they're considered the same genre it's crazy yeah yeah and this one is based on a book too you mm-hmm. know for people who read things Whatever that means. <laughs> I had the only I had a hard time. It was several months ago that I watched this, but I, the guy, the sergeant guy, is the same guy from like Hot Fuzz. He's one is of those he really? guys. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even his, realize that. Yeah, he's one of the cops from Hot Fuzz. I really liked him in this movie. Uh, he, yeah, he's good in dramatic roles, but <laughs> he started out in an a hole. Yeah, he's he, got a good arc, yeah. I think. Great arc, because like you really, you really, you know, sympathize with him at the end of his end there, and you know, and he really cared about the girl at the end too. By the end too, so it was awesome. Just wasn't just a heartless military dickhead, <laughs> but. Uh, those scenes where the zombies are just like frozen still and they're just walking amongst oh, them. Oh, neat, right? That was so neat. I love that whole device, yeah. that, that, that that whole mythos of this zombie verse. Mostly smell. Such a great, tense thing, too. With them just walking around trying to make, trying not to make a sound. And you're like, Glenn Close! Don't look in that damn stroller. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. how messed up was that? Dummy. A freaking rat chewing on a dead baby. That's cool. That's cool. I will say I watched that scene, and that scene was very tense and well done, but I could not help but think of the scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're faking the zombies and walking through the, the hordes. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, get, they get to the Winchester, and you know they break character and start arguing, and suddenly the zombies catch on to what they're doing. So I yeah, for sure. Instantly thought of that scene, but it took you know it it got me back zoned in because it was so tense, and then of course the the dead baby, and yeah, it was it was an awesome scene. I think the scene where they where the the military guy comes in and you know spits on his arm and puts it in front of the kid, we sort of get our first look at what they're capable of. Yeah, they get uh, chomping. That, that is yeah, that is really cool too. A cool way to sort of introduce how these these uh, kids are, why these kids are strapped down, how dangerous they can be. Yep. Yeah. Jaws kind of pop, and they oh, that start. chattering teeth shit. No, yeah. creepy. <laughs> I feel the worst for the teacher. Yeah, like she yeah. has the most tragic. <laughs> like, yeah, she just cares for this girl this whole time this whole journey that they're on and in the end she is just basically a prisoner yeah sucks <laughs> yeah it's funny because uh one of my former co-workers uh she retired she's like 
in her probably in her late sixties. She texted me probably two weeks ago. She's like, "You got to watch this movie, The Girl with All the Gifts." And I was like, "Um, actually, I have you know, it's on the list for upcoming podcasts." And I would never expect her to watch this, and if she did, I would not expect her to to enjoy it. And so I think it's sort of cool. Like she's very, very, very intellectual. Her and her husband are both like super world travelers and very, very book smart. Um, almost you know nerdy and when she recommended it i was like oh that's oh. that's interesting that she watched a zombie movie and really <laughs> enjoyed enjoyed it enough to reach out to me and tell me i need to watch it so oh, i had yeah it's cool to see her like that anybody can sort of appreciate a film in the genre you know absolutely absolutely it's sort of a smart, I don't know, not, I don't yes. want to see like, this is for the smart people and, you know, the, 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 <laughs> Romero ones are, the other ones are for dummies, but, you know, it's like, it's an intellectual um, and different way of doing it. So it, you can still, it shows that you can still make a fresh and new film in this genre without rehashing everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it still it delivers on like, you know, gore and action too, to where I think it has an appeal on both sides, like the the hardcore horror fan and those that are not. So that do want, I guess, a little bit more intelligence in their movies. Whatever. <laughs> Did we first see the first zombie when they were when they we went to Glenn Close's place and she was a and like they came running down the hallway through the glass. Was that the first time? I think so. Because like, really? I thought that was. It felt that at was one a cool point. Scene. It, yeah, it felt like this movie's taking forever. But then at the same time, they showed us zombies pretty fast. I don't know. And I thought it was cool because it, it was kind of the mindlessy kind, trained to basan kind, a little bit. Just like they're fast. Fucking give it to me now. Yeah. I'm gonna sacrifice my body if i have to it was a cool shot though I, that was probably one of my favorite moments in the movie when they're doing the lockdown because obviously the zombies have invaded the base and, the, and they, they end up leaving the base because it's just completely overtaken but it's going close and her partner the other doctor and they're closing that window putting the steel shutter down it's it's an automatic so it's closing on its own at its own speed and you could see off in the distance these fucking zombies just fast paced running towards this window and part of me's like yeah that shade's gonna get all the way down you know or it's gonna be one of those last second like hand's gonna come through and the steel shutter will chop it off or or they have to fight it back or whatever but no that zombie just breaks right (laughs) through the fucking glass and just chomps on that other doctor yeah and you're like, oh shit! But it was a great. It's very. It was a very kind of Hotch, uh, Hitchcockian shot of just way off in the distance, and that woman's back is to the window, not even giving a shit, without a care in the world about it, yeah. and just watching those zombies come running up to that window. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy this one made it to the list. I'm glad, because I probably wouldn't have watched it on my own without watching it for the podcast. And so, for me, out of the ones I have not seen before that are on this list, this was my favorite one by far. Pretty good. Really, really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, so watch it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, do, do it, it Doug. So that, that leaves like one other on the list, right? One or two. <laughs> well, do you want to get into the one that you ended up watching? Well, yeah, Dead Set. Y'all see that? Y'all watch that? No. No. I saw no. it like months ago. And I put it on the list for I I had forgotten that it was an actual an actual like BBC TV series. The whole thing plays like a movie, and it's what only five or six episodes long, something like that. Yep, five episodes. So twenty minutes. Episode. It's easy to forget that it wasn't a feature film; that it was I mean, just a. And it's just one after another picks up where it left off, so it's yeah. just broken up. So I took it off the list. I missed that part, and Jason missed that part. <laughs> I is. saw on Twitter one day. Yeah, I'm currently watching Dead Set. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, maybe Jason could do like his own review for our supporters. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, there you go. So he didn't completely waste his time. Well, I didn't waste my time because it was pretty cool. It was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. worth watching. Now, I had a different expectation when I first heard about it. Like, I, I read about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to check this out, see it's on Netflix. And I thought it was going to be... My understanding originally... And it kind of sort of started off that way, if I remember right. That it was kind of going to be kind of like what um, Ghostwatch was. Where it right. was going to be set up like, this is a real thing that's happening, mockumentary no. type thing. But no, it's a completely just linear story, yeah. Yeah, the cool thing about it is like, it's, it's, imagine <clears throat> if there's a Big Brother show about these reality show people set in a house doing their big brother show and they don't have any contact to the outside world and this house is a lockdown kind of place like information can't get out information can't get in because of the nature of the show and then zombie outbreak happens on the outside and so it's them trying to figure out what happens when the camera stops following them around and there's crazy shit goes on outside too so and it take because they get put in lock they get put in lockdown and they still think it's all part of the show yeah so like it takes forever before they realize oh this shit's really it's happening it's pretty neat what happens it's yeah it's, it's worth a watch dead set dead set oh the one guy what was he the producer of the show oh my god he talk about that's the dick, dick of dicks there oh yeah. my god yeah. he couldn't he makes Harry Cooper and Rhodes <laughs> from Day of the Dead like Rick fucking Mr. Rogers. Uh, He's the dick of all dicks of zombie lore. Yeah. yeah, that's the one I watched. Extra. That's alright. Dead Set. And it's. Nef- it was on Netflix? Right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So the last one. Um, on our list was Soul Station. And I put it on the list because, like, well, one, I thought it'd be neat, like, to watch an anime type of film, zombie film. And then it was, like, it kept getting advertised as a prequel to Train to Busan, which we I love. love. Yeah. Love. Love that movie. So, what are our thoughts? What were your thoughts on that one? On Soul Station? Awesome. Totes awesome. Yeah, I liked it. Me too. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not used to watching, I guess, 
very much horror anime. Yeah, so it was or, cool to see. Yeah, gory it shit was on a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or am I not allowed to say cartoon? I'm sorry, I'm not an anime, anime watcher. It's anime, anime, Jason. I don't, I don't know what that is. And this was uh, Shutter exclusive too, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is a Shutter exclusive. Now. I kind of feel like some of the animation at moments doesn't really hold up to other Japanese anime. You know, sometimes when people is are that like redundant walking. Japanese anime, or is there different? Is it all Japanese? <laughs> I'm just learning here. I don't anime. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Um, like scenes when like people are walking or running didn't feel quite natural, but. That's just that's just nitpick. Yeah. It didn't in uh, Dead Next Door either, so let's just. Hey. I don't think, that, I don't think that counts. The yeah, the animated uh, acting was much better. Yes, it was better. It was. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue one part there. Every time that woman started over excessively crying at the top of her lungs, I just wanted to punch her. Oh my god, that was excessive. <laughs> Well, you can't punch a fake cartoon character, and I said cartoon, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I'm going to animate my fist. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I into can her face. face. Into it, so you can punch her. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. That's what really? Japanese girls do. I mean, they... Oh. No, I just... Oh, it, you in better the, be careful. In the cartoons that I do watch... <laughs> what do I... What did I say? You watch... What are you? What are you? What are you watching? And so, Soul Station, right? This. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what kind of anime you're watching where the girls are just crying. Sailor Moon. Sometimes, Leave it alone. Sometimes yeah, the voiceover acting can be a little exaggerated. And that's is to be, what he that, was trying yeah, to say. Yes, thank uh, you, uh, yeah, that's gonna be. But man, I just I don't know. And like, it felt like everything. Everything set her off, and she just started bawling like like crazy. You know, the guy break the guy breaks up with her. She just starts bawling like crazy. You know, she's she's lost. She's bawling like crazy. Zombies are attacking. She's bawling like crazy. Her well, and the other guy I, I mean, are. I think that would be an upsetting situation. <laughs> just yeah, like yeah, I don't know. I'm bastard. just saying. Everyone reacts differently. I mean, you could be like the Day of the Dead guy and just laugh at everything because you're a nervous laugh laugher, you know. Uh, it, was just, it was just annoying. I'm sorry. It was annoying. that th- Those moments of, from that performance was annoying. It was really excessive. I've seen babies cry less. <laughs> anyway, say something else about the movie besides the crying girl. Um, I really like. I like. Go ahead. I, like I liked the general storyline, like the characters, like the whole, the twist. Oh of fuck! The, yeah, the of the. <laughs> did you forget the dad? The dad I kinda did for a second. searching yeah. for her is really her pimp the whole time. Oh my god! I couldn't believe that. Like. When she's like, that's not my dad, I'm like, what the fuck? I kind of oh wondered. And well, then the movie just went 
all about that for the ending. Well, because you know what? That, that why it really it really hit me so hard. He was my favorite character. <laughs> oh, he was my favorite character up to that point. Well, because like already he I was annoyed by her. Yeah, and here it's just like the super tough ass father and he on on the surface he didn't look like you know because he looked he looked about like middle age right so he didn't look like a badass but you know the the asshole boyfriend that wanted to pimp out pimp out his daughter he like practically beats the shit out of him you know and i'm like yeah way to go dad right you know super badass ass kicking zombie fighter dad uh-huh. you know he's gonna save the day and it turns out he's the fucking bad guy well, and I wondered, like, they show that scene where the quote-unquote dad is told that there was a picture of her online somewhere and that she was selling herself. And that scene, I kind of almost thought that it, because I knew that they had talked about her being a, a prostitute previously. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm good at yeah. guessing things, but I kind of thought that might what it was but i forgot about that though as i watched and i thought you know there for like the whole like middle hour you like really think that it's the dad like they're fairly convincing of that and it's the whole time of like she has to keep she has to stay on the move you know things happen where you know she can't just stay and wait for them and but like him and the boyfriend are trying to find her and every time they get any kind of contact with her, they told her to hang tight. They'll be right there. But then she has to move on. So it's just this cat and mouse game through the whole movie to where you're the whole time you're just like, oh, just everybody meet up so we can, so you guys can all get through this. And everybody and who ends up helping her fucking gets killed. Mm-hmm. Seems like. Yeah, and... yeah I, I really like that reveal. I thought it was well done and totally caught me off guard. Totally caught me off guard. When I watched it, I'll be honest, um, when they revealed that, I was like, did I know, was I supposed to know this the whole time or did it really, <laughs> I, I felt like I missed it and I was an idiot, like the whole, and then I felt like maybe we were in on it and she wasn't. And then now that you guys are saying that I was, I was rightfully very surprised. I feel much yeah. better. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. I was pretty <laughs> we surprised too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really I like the ending. Like it's bleak and oh, yeah. I guess I just like endings when everyone dies, apparently. But oh, yeah, I don't know, I, did, I liked I? it. Well, it's like at that moment the reveal has happened and now I'm in the reverse mode of like I'm rooting for this guy this whole movie. Now I want him to fucking die cuz he's a <laughs> he's a he's an asshole. And like he gets his comeuppance in like the best slash worst way possible. Yeah. yeah, but before that, when the boyfriend's the first one to go, that was sad as fuck. That was yeah. I got you got to that point where you start kind of caring about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, because even though he was going to be a dick and yeah. pimp his girlfriend out online, he Maybe. was just doing it so they could live. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and he spent as the whole movie trying to help her, so... Yeah. Right, so, I mean, so his his whole arc and everything works, and it makes sense, you know, and it's... 
it's a good arc because when it gives us that transition of like we don't like this guy now we like this guy and that's how i think that should work especially in a in a horrific situation as you know trying to survive a zombie apocalypse you need to be able to root for these characters so to be able to transition from like a character you don't like to a character you like is good storytelling and who would have thought right like um such a character driven film that's animation and a zombie apocalypse movie so yeah i think one of my favorite moments is when oh i don't even know what the girl's name was the the girl um (laughs) she's with um the one leftover homeless guy Oh yeah, and they're trying to get under that gate. Oh, the oh, oh yeah, yes. And there's that, that woman awesome. that's coming down the stretch, and they think that she's a zombie, but so she ends tense. up just being fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that a, was a great scene. Oh, that was so <laughs> intense. Yeah, she just keeps getting closer and closer, and they're just trying to get from underneath that gate. I'm like, suck it in, dude. Come on. <laughs> Nothing. I was kind of like, leave him, leave his ass. <laughs> he was great and helpful and kick ass and he was awesome yeah until they but both that, were that scene was, fucking, that was a good one yeah I really liked the scene in the jail cell too cause like that was tense yeah cause they're surrounded by zombies there's one gun with one bullet and the cop who's been bitten is the one who has the gun so you're you just know? waiting like, how are they going to get out When can I grab this gun? When is he going to back up too close? What's going to Ah! And I also <laughs> really like zombie movies that, I mean, well, I like I like all stages of zombie movies, apparently, because yeah. I think I've said this about you every You think it's stage. the outbreak, but then... Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mentioned earlier, I love the post-apocalyptic shit, where humanity's gone and it's a total yeah. isolation storyline. But I also really like zombie line, zombie films that start off at the beginning of the outbreak. Because I love to see that develop, evolve. Uh-huh. The, the, the outbreak evolve and grow. And you, you get to see that in this, in this movie, which was really cool. Yeah, and again, they still don't really tell you nope. the origin. Like, you just see... Um, the older old. guy just starts with that oh, he's guy. bitten and he's just kind of hanging out and waiting to die and then shit happens yeah I just it's like a domino effect for me I guess I like dominoes because yeah. it starts with like one guy and we just watch it kind of just like evolve in the background of these people's stories as it goes on till it's like full on zombie chaos yeah there were a lot of like underlying tones of maybe a little bit of political stuff as far as like the homelessness. Yeah. Because there was a lot of like lots of negative comments toward them. I don't know. I mean, like they defended themselves, but you know that was kind of a theme where everyone just thought that it was their fault because they were homeless and seem to happen a lot yeah so yeah and did we officially agree with the prequel status sure I guess it's a train station 
It just. It's a. I mean, it's just at a train station. I don't really see. There's not the same. How else it's tied in. Yeah, it doesn't really feel connected to me and all that. It kind of makes me want to go back and watch Train to Busan and see if there is a connection. Yeah. Yeah. Any excuse to watch that again. Yeah, no kidding, right? Did I buy that? I don't know, Mike. Did you? I bought that. On Blu-ray, I think I found... I got it on Blu-ray. I'm going to have to go check. Andy's back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So anything else anybody has to say about uh, Soul Station? It's cool. Get uh, Shudder, because you should have it already. Yeah, anybody who listens to the show doesn't have Shudder yet. Um, Come on. Like, give it the times. Anyway, so, like, uh, like we can do a quick roundtable um, of uh, other zombie films. Uh, I'll, I'll start off, because what I decided to do for the roundtable is to do my top five favorite zombie films that are not George Romero films. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been mostly George Romero films. So, um, so my top five... In this exact order, even. I even even have it in the exact order. Uh, Well, Jason, I'll let you see if you can guess what number one would be. My number one all-time favorite zombie movie that's not a George Romero movie. Shaun of the Dead. No, I'm surprised you didn't get it right away. Actually, didn't even make the top five. Return of the Living Dead. Oh, I should have known. Duh. Return of the Living Dead is my all-time favorite non-Romero zombie movie. And then number two is uh, Lucio Fulci's Beyond. Number three is Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. You would. Yeah. I love that movie so much. Number four, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Maybe I should have said um, zombie movies that are not George Romero's or Lucio Fulci's. And number five, Reanimator. That's good. Yeah. Anybody else have any honorable mentions they want to bring up or Uh sure. Okay. Um I know we already did like way back in the day we did zombie comedies, which is like one of my favorite horror genres. <laughs> like you know, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Kind of mixed feelings on that from a lot of people in the horror community for some reason. Like, I don't know why there's any hate for that movie, because it's amazing. There, I um, didn't even realize there was hate for it. Yeah, yeah there, there definitely is. Really? Probably just from those guys that are just have no sense of humor that are like, I don't like comedy really? with my horror. The Johns. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I really like Fido. Fido is really good, and that's another like, you talked about uh, people not needing to be able to act to play zombies, but that's another example, like Bud. Um, yeah. That great performance as a zombie by, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Billy. Uh, uh, Billy something. Comedian. Boondock Saints. Yeah. Billy. Jason. You know him. Comedian. Australian? I'm just... Connolly. Connolly, God I was just, damn I, I just love watching Jeez. you try to think about it, so even when I know it, I don't say it, because like, I want to just hear what you're going to try to say next. You like the smell of my brain burning. Yeah, that's what it, that's exactly it. 
Yeah, that's a great that's a great one, and he is so awesome in it. But yeah, um, I guess Pontypool. I mentioned Pontypool. Is so awesome. Um, Dead and Breakfast. I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> uh, last one, I'll say Dead Snow Two. So is that yes. a consensus? Uh, everybody likes Dead Snow Two over Dead Snow so One. So much better. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think I agree. Dead Snow One is still awesome, but you know, yeah, they, it's all right. Yeah, I don't but... agree. What? Go, no, I hated it. You did not like Dead Snow One. No. Okay, that's just a new revelation I was unaware of. <laughs> Pissed me off. Why does it, it piss you off? I don't remember it that well now. I, okay. I just just I didn't like where. It, it went. Okay. I don't. That's what I can remember. But Dead Snow Two is oh, just fuck, like, so fun. Yeah, so awesome. It's just crazy it was, fun. I think Dead Snow One was serious enough that I was invested. And in, so when there was comedy, it took you out of it. No, that when it when it did things I didn't like, it was harder to forgive because I was in it. But like Dead Snow Two is like, oh, this this is a ride, and like. Yeah. No matter what happens, like I can't be mad at this. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's got Martin Starr, so it's all you need. He's awesome at everything. So yep. good. Tad, any uh, any ones you want to bring up? I'll throw out a few. I will stand by Planet Terror. I still love that. Yeah, Rodriguez, yeah. Rodriguez is half of the Grindhouse film. I think that it doesn't really break any new ground, but it's just so much fun. Um, another one on a whole different spectrum would be Bela Lugosi in White Zombie, which yeah. not necessarily falls into the living, or I guess it is sort of living dead, but it's, it's to me it's such a cool, oh man, just the sets, um, Lugosi's performance in that movie, everything about it is, is awesome. Those two are the ones, and also uh, I love Return of Living Dead too. That's another one of my favorites. <laughs> I know a lot of people really love the third one. I still feel like this the part two is probably my favorite. Oh, favorite out of that series? Interesting. Oh, okay. And and I don't I don't think it's the best, but something I, maybe it's nostalgia. But I remember watching it on TV when I was very young and coming across it, not realizing it was a sequel, and I hadn't even seen Return of Living Dead. I just saw this fun crazy zombie movie and of course now i just you know now I, i'm very familiar with the series and mm. i still love that one for some reason well i'm with you though i really love part two a lot as well i'm i mean i still i still love 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 the first one as being one of my all-time favorite movies but uh um but yeah i remember i remember when that came out on video f uh, for the first time and i rented it constantly or i watched it constantly you know, that's one of those that, like, when it came out on DVD, I had seen it so many times that I instantly recognized that they changed, um, changed the, music. the music. Like, the yeah. music is different on the DVD yeah. release from the original um, VHS release, for some reason. I'm assuming licensing rights, but for some mm -hmm. reason, um, like, the music is different. Yeah. yeah. I, I also throw out um, Black Sheep. Because that was oh awesome. yeah, yes. <laughs> I was just thinking that such a good one. So good, that was a good one. The I one with actual sheep, not right, not the, the Chris Farley. 
But yeah. both are great, but in, in for this episode. Right. <laughs> works out much better. But shout out to Chris Farley. Rest in peace. <laughs> awesome. Good picks. Good picks. So so let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, it'll be segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Hey everybody, this is Wayne. This is Zip. Lori. Brian. Doug. And we're the Necronomicast, a weekly horror podcast brought to you by us, horror fans for you, horror fans. We talk about movies, books, celebrity interviews, your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want me to say. (laughs) Necronomicast. We also talk about streaming movies, new movies, as well as news in horror. And that's just a sample of what you'll get on the Necronomicast. <laughs> Do we say horror movies? <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com. Also visit us on Facebook. And on iTunes and all that. Necronomicast. Uh, we'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> visit us at Necronomicast.com for more madness and horror and blood. We're good. How are you? <laughs> All right, welcome back. It's time for segments on the show. And we'll start off, as we always do, to hear from you, the listeners, with our segment we call Shoutouts. It's time for Shoutouts! All right, so we asked, what's your favorite zombie movie? A lot of great responses all over the interwebs. Up first, we got Jack Christensen says, Night of the Living Dead is the best, but I find Day of the Dead to be the most rewatchable. Hmm. Awesome. What is the most rewatchable? Dawn's like 16 hours long, so it's probably not... Day is 16 hours long. No, Dawn of the Dead. Or, I mean, yeah, no, I'm thinking backwards. Oh. Yeah, Dawn is the... Yeah, is really long. So... I guess if you're basing it on running time, probably day, but... Yeah. Montan- Montego Eliodoro Pena says, me too. <laughs> Rewatchability. <laughs> I'm sorry I murdered that. Uh, Jimmy Dalton, he Woo. says, Shaun of the Dead or Dead Snow, The Serpent in the Rainbow. Awesome. Bleh. Bleh on Serpent in the Rainbow? Yes. You don't like that movie? No. Oh, I don't like spikes okay. and penises, so I don't I have a hard time with that movie. You don't like snakes and penises? Railroad spikes into penises. Uh. Dan Holmes says, Reanimator, <laughs> Train to Besson. Nick Leadham chimes in on his, says, Reanimator is amazing. He's right. They're both right. Woo! Sean Frost says, Dawn of the Dead, 78, and Return of the Living Dead. Honorable mention 
To Let Sleeping Corpses Lie and its many alternate titles. That is a good one. That is a good one. Is that a good one? Yeah. I want to say it's a Spanish film? No, I'm thinking of something else, maybe. Good story. G.I. Dalton says, I don't like zombies. I'm sorry, sir. That's too bad. Thank you for your comment. It's too bad that you uh, hate fun. (laughs) You hate fun. Sora (laughs) Wheeler says, Return of the Living Dead. Nick Leadham says, I'm inclined to think it's a Romero movie, but I've probably seen Dead Alive more times than any other zombie film. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Dead Alive. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's in the top five. My honorable mention that you guys didn't mention was going to have, I think, Night of the Creeps and Night of the Comet. I forgot to let you go on honorable mention. That's all right, I just did it right there. See? (laughs) Dead Alive! How'd y'all forget Dead Alive? How's that not on your list? It would probably, it might bump out Reanimator for, for, in my my top five non-Romero zombie movies. But, remember you and I had a conversation not too long ago, but one of the things that that ruins the rewatchability for Dead Alive for me is I can I do not like the score of that movie. The score isn't as good as it should be. Yeah, I've just never been it's a fan tough, of that score. I'd... And so it, it, it it's not even a big like background comfort food movie for yeah. me because just because like that score bugs me for some reason. Lisa Mary says I'm a sucker for cheese and Linnea Quigley, so I'm gonna have to go with Return of the Living Dead. Awesome. Dustin Kretzinger says, Train to Basan. Voodoo Velvet says, 28 Days Later. Saw it in the theater first time for fast-moving zombies. It scared me so bad that night I could not go to sleep until I had a zombie escape plan idea in place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The first time you saw it, it's just like, whoa. In a theater, even. Yeah. Like, I didn't see it till video, so that's awesome. Yeah. Dave Keppel chimes in on Voodoo Velvet's comment and says, As great as that is, I think it was surpassed by its sequel 28 weeks later. Crazy, intense, and superbly crafted, it also it's also one of the best acted zombie-infected films ever. That has Robert Carlyle in it, right? Or the Carlyle guy in the, in the 28 weeks? Yes. Right? I think. Yeah. I haven't seen those two in a while, though. Yeah, it's been a long time. I remember I watched 28 Days Later a couple years ago, and then I just noticed how every shot was a Dutch angle. And I'm like, gosh dang, I can't believe how many shots are not level in this movie. Really? For real. It's it's a lot. It's insane. Huh. Yeah. Liz Marie Babbick says, probably Shaun of the Dead. Definitely not Jerusalem. Which had potential, but shooting it through a chick's Google glasses made it me want to barf. Uh, Jerusalem. I think that's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, and yeah. I avoid it because of the, the Z? Z. Yep. I fucking hate <laughs> movies that use a Z in place of an S. It just makes me instantly not want to ever watch them. Yep. Aaron Gray says children shouldn't play with dead things. Yes! Who was that? Aaron Gray. Aaron, you rule. Followed by Return of the Living Dead. Yes! 28 days later, then Fulci Zombie. You need to hang out. Yeah, Aaron. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, now we got our pal Jake Book. He says he's got a lot here. Here we go. Is there a Power Rangers zombie movie? Just a second. <laughs> While technically not a true zombie movie as we think of it now, because the undead were referred to as vampires, he's partial to Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. It gets a, it gets a, a pass for me I because think so. I mean if it it wasn't for I mean if it wasn't for like Last Man on Earth or I Am Legend. We probably wouldn't have the zombie genre as we know it today. So He says, edit. I was reminded of one time when I was working a security job alone at this old historic site in Indiana. I decided to watch Dawn of the Dead. It was 1 o'clock in the morning, completely dark out, obviously. And as I continued to watch, I began to imagine zombies walking into view on my security cameras. By the end of the movie, I was completely freaked out and sat with my back to the wall, so I was sure nothing was behind me. Nice. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good time. I love those stories. Yeah, me People too. watching movies. Valerie Winter says, World War Z. I liked it. It was okay. I feel like watching it again. Claire Barton says, Dead Snow by Tommy Workola. 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 Yep. Andy Davis <laughs> says the zombie movie 2 made in the main winterscape by this guy and Andy Davis. LOLs. 2, the number 2. Hmm. Don't know. This guy made a zombie movie. We should check it out. Oh, it's his? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd love to check it out. Yeah, Andy Davis. Thanks for letting us know about it. Let's put a link on there or something. Yeah, let us know how we can check it out. Andrew Glazebrook says, Return of the Living Dead, Skull Emoji. Woo. Am I supposed to say that part? I don't know what's I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm did, they, did they type Skull Emoji, or did they type, like, did they put a Skull Emoji? There is a Skull emo- Emoji. Well, I think you handled it greatly. Thank Move you. on. Thanks. <laughs> Robert Hooker says, Land of the Dead. <laughs> Dave Boyer. Yeah, Land of the Dead. Some more Romero love. Dave Boyer. Or, I'll start over. Dave Boyer. Says the remake of Dawn of the Dead was good. Zombies of Mass Destruction was also good. Return of the Living Dead 1 through 6. But I laughed my ass off at Zombieland. Oh, yeah, we didn't bring up Zombieland. That's really good. Zombieland's one. good. Zombies of Mass Destruction. I've heard of that, and I've seen the poster, and, and that's as far as you got to click on that. Okay. J.T. Smith says, I've been a huge, and in parentheses says, I'm fat, (laughs) zombie slash Walking Dead corpse fan since the late 80s. That was the ultimate nightmare scenario to me. So, top ten, if that's allowed. Here we go. Are you ready? Gosh, I don't know which way I'm supposed to read these. Too late. I'm just... uh, (laughs) Alright. Night of the Living Dead original 90s remake slash Return of the Living Dead. The Dead. I I have The Dead, and I still have not watched it. I need to... I need All right, to. John Stalter. Come on. Yeah, it's a John Stalter movie. Dawn of the Dead. Original remake. Uh, Reanimator 1 and 2. There's going to be more than 10 on here, I think, since he's <laughs> combining these. Yeah, he's kind of cheating a little. <laughs> he's That's he's pulling a mic. mic he's man. pulling a mic. Yeah. I wish somebody was pulling a mic. <laughs> okay, so he also says, <laughs> Train to Basad. <laughs> Slither... Slash Night of the Creeps, Dead Alive, 
<laughs> just because like that's slut. they tied they tied for that position for twenty. I think he just list. tried to combine them because uh, they're slugs. Yeah, uh, dead alive. Uh, Flight of the Living Dead. That's that on actually was better than I thought it was. Really? I really liked it. For real? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, go with go in with an expectation of a movie called Flight of the Living Dead. You know, but okay. uh, it's better than the title. You know, leads it to believe so. And then Fido. Yeah. Guess what? He's got honorable mentions too. <laughs> yeah, let's have it. It's JT Smith. He's pulling a <laughs> page you, out of the old Smith. insane Mike book. Right. Honorable mentions is Zombie, the Evil Dead series and seasons. So that's a question. Yeah. Possessed, possessed demon creature things. Are we do we consider those zombie movies? I don't. Is it, is it Evil dead. They're not dead. In the title. Yeah, they're just all messed up. Like they can, I mean, Go back to they living. can be. Yeah, exactly. They can become unpossessed. Okay. I guess. I mean, are you? We got over. I mean, I agree with you. I don't like putting evil. Dead A zombie is an films. undead person that can no, never live again. But we talked about twenty-eight days later earlier, as. Being, are you are you on the uh, on the side of that? It's not a zombie film. Yeah, no. But they don't go back, can do they? I don't believe so. No, no. If somebody came up, came up with a cure, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not a fan of like the you want to be supernatural. Oh. you know, demons. Evil and, dead deadites are demons. Yeah, they're demons. To me, demons is a completely different category than zombie. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've seen lists that put um, Lumberto Bava's demon demons movies on the zombie list. I'm like, no, they turn demons. into z- demons. I mean, it's kind of a gray area, but the My concept is yes, me. I'd say they are not zombies. The concept can be considered similar, but the, I think the biggest difference for me is like the uh, the um, transmission of said whatever what turns you into that when you get into like more supernatural demony type stuff kind of all rules are out the window like if you go back and watch the evil dead movies like evil dead 2 especially one minute ashes one minute ashes a deadite next minute he's not a deadite you know there's no there's no real rules to that because it's all supernatural mumbo jumbo and you can make that shit up as you go along but when it comes to like a zombie or a living dead there's kind of set straight rules on how you to turn into that, and there's no deviating from that. Right, and that's a good way to look at it, is that things in the evil, those are supernatural versus, you know, more... Natural. Uh, r- realistically based, like, virus, you know, like, bodily based, I don't know. He's got more, hold on. <laughs> the Walking Dead series, Shaun of the Dead. Splinter. Yeah. Twenty-eight days, weeks later, Dawn of the Mummy. And nice. there's this Civil War period piece zombie flick that I can't remember the name offhand. Pretty decent and worth a watch. Rewatch. Maybe I'll remember it in an hour or two. We'll see. <laughs> I'm scanning ahead. I don't think he did. Okay. Uh, next up, we got Matthew Grime. Grimey. He's got a top three. He's Return of the Living Dead, number one. Woo! Number two, Dawn of the Dead. Woo! Good pals. 
And number three, World War Z. You weren't ready for that, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Just with those other two, no, I guess I, know. I was a little surprised. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for shaking it up, Matt. Uh, next we got Lucas Turner says Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Kylie Nagel says 28 Days Later. So good. Carla Tim says Resident Evil. First oh, mention. First love for that ever on the this the show. <laughs> the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Carla. Way to be strong. Yep. Standing uh, Montego Iliodora Pena's back says night and then day. Okay. Uh, and then says again, there's a new zombie movie out by Cameron Romero and Hamid Torapur called Zombies. It stars, among other, Tony Todd. Check it out. Hmm. Don't know it. Actually, I think that one might... I don't know if you guys remember if you guys came to SNAF like two or three years ago, but there's a, a guy who's been there almost every year named Stephen Luke, and he did a movie with um, Tony Todd and Doug Jones called Dust of War, hmm. and I think I think Luke either produced it or helped produce it or he's in it, something, but anyways, he's, he's involved in that somehow, and I, when he was, he was pushing it, I thought, you know, there's a movie, a new movie called Zombies, and that's that's the title they chose. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And we got Dwayne Rollins says Shaun of the Dead. <coughs> Bobby Foy says Resident Evil. Loved the soundtrack, too. Might have to get it now. You On my will. soundtrack kick. Yeah, big time. You're so right about Dead Alive soundtrack. I got it, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. That ain't good. Yeah. Anyway. And lastly on the Facebook, we got Dan Charbonneau. Says, Return of the Living Dead, Dead Alive, 28 Days Later, They Live, Zombieland, and Idle Hands. <coughs> yeah, there's zombies and idle hands. You count it? You count it. All right. They Live? They Live. Those are aliens. That's why I want to draw the line in the sand yeah. versus demons and um, demons versus zombies. Because eh, you start learning they're aliens. Sorry, Mike busted you on that one. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. All right, over Still on Twitter, um, we got I um, we got Joshua Brown at Josh Three B Brown. We know Josh. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's up, um, I posted a thing of a. Uh, Watching Day of the Dead, and he he replied, said, Pictured the best zombie in the movie, underused, Dr. Tongue. Yes. Yep. Good old Dr. Tongue. Oh, Dr. Tongue. Did you guys notice the very bad Dr. Tongue ripoff in um, Dead Next Door? Yep. Uh, Sean Hutchins at FatPunk68 says, Today my favorite is 28 Days Later. If that isn't a zombie movie, then my fave is Night of the Living Dead. Still grim after all these years. But we ruled it's cool. That counts. Then we got Don Anelli at Don underscore Anelli. He says, anything Italian here beats the best of the rest from everywhere around the world. Zombie 2 and beyond. 
as spots one and two on my all-time list. It's hard to argue. It is hard to argue. Because you're not in the room to argue with. That's right. That's why it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we got on Twitter. Twitter. But we got an Instagram now. So y'all better get... Oh, shit. That's right. Hold on. We're everywhere. That's right. We're just like zombies. It's it's spreading. It's spreading. (laughs) It's spreading. And we got three comments over there. Uh, Zombie Queen Strange says, Dead Snow. Counting Cook says, Dead Snow. Perfect for this time of year. It is. And Tebby Bear, Trevor Swaim. (laughs) That's always been his handle, Tebby Bear. (laughs) Dawn, 79, 78. He knows. Yeah. He knows what's up. So yeah, Attack the Killer Podcast over on the Instagram. Go give us a follow. Because that's what you do, Mike. Okay. Just letting you know. Kids in your Instagrams. Yep. And you can always leave us... A, God damn it, where is it? You can always uh, give us a call at 415-952-6857. That's also 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us your comments. We'll read that shit on the show. For shout-outs, that's what it is. That's shout-outs. Woo! Shout-outs! Cool. Oh, she does. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I read it too fast. So, I read it too fast. <laughs> so, um, now that we've totally botched that up, it's time for... No, do it over. I'll edit that. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jason, for the shout-outs. And now, it is time for Wicked Women with Wear Tear. Okay, well, as I was watching some zombie movies for this episode, watched Day of the Dead, and the star of the film um, is Lori Card. Is it Cardiel? Is that how you say it? Cardell. Sure. Bl- Cardell. I believe it's Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be it. That. Um. Anyway, I was like, oh. I wonder what else she's been in. So let me share with you. And Mike already totally spoiled part of what I was going to say uh-huh. about her dad being um, Chili, Billy, Chili Billy, who is in a reporter in Night of the Living Dead, and also the Night of the Living Dead remake, apparently, which I barely remember. Um. But yeah, he was also um, best known as the host of Chiller Theater. Um, he he uh, did a lot of radio in Pennsylvania and just went on to be, I guess, a bit of a, a horror host. Yeah, um, definitely. In the Pennsylvania area. Um, but yeah, Mike already said that earlier. So anyway... She um she really hasn't done a lot as far as acting. Uh, she did leading up to Day of the Dead. She did a few um, like soap operas and like a TV movie. Nothing crazy. 
and I'm assuming she got her role um, in Day of the Dead through connection with her dad and her dad having worked with Romero before and all that. But I don't know the full story, so if anyone does, please regale us. Um, it, she, <laughs> she, she, uh, she auditioned, and it wasn't until after the fact that, um, it, that it came out that uh, they were related. So. Oh well, yeah. that's neat. Yeah, so it was kind of a coincidental thing. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Yep. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then um, after that, she um, didn't do a whole lot. She was in an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. Um, And then she did a few TV movies and a few shorts, mostly dramas. It looks like she's kind of gotten back into the swing of things in the past couple of years and done uh, mostly just shorts, but they seem to be horror-related so hopefully that means we're going to get some more from her in the future. And she also has a daughter named Kate Rogal. Rogal. Who's done a few things. Like she was on Psych and whatnot. But Neat. Yeah. That's awesome that you chose her. Because... Um, Whenever anybody thinks about like strong female characters from horror movies, like the first first thing that usually comes to people's mind is is Ripley from the Aliens franchise. But uh, uh, I I th- I think her character in Day of the Dead is probably one of the strongest female characters in all of horror. Yeah, like, she was kick ass. Yeah, because not only does she have to deal with zombies, but she's got to put up with those military assholes shit, and she holds her ground. She does not she does. let them try to intimidate her or you know or put any sexual advances towards her. She just gets right up in their face and um smack talks them just as badly as they smack talk her, so for sure. Mhm. And she's super smart and sciency and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also playing the quintessential um, in between character, like women have to do so often. Woe is me. But, you know, between the scientists being crazy and trying to do good things, and then the crazy douchebag military guys. Not that that's how all of those situations always are, obviously. But Well, and that, that's a thing, too, you kind of bring up. She has that, she has that, those vulnerable moments, too. Um, yeah. Like, she's not just a one-sided, stereotype, badass character. You know, she has her breakdown moments when, when the one guy gets bit, and even though she treated it, and she and she's telling everybody that she fixed it, then she has that moment when she's alone, and she just kind of breaks down, so. Yeah. She is good. Hope she does more. Yeah, yeah. wish she would do a lot more. Absolutely. Or conventions, at least, or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I saw that she did some sort of con with her dad before he passed yeah, recently. She did a few of those with her dad, absolutely. Um, I think, like, the Days of the Dead, I think, around that, something. around the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. 
Well, all right, kiddies, it's that time again. It's time for your favorite segment on Attack of the Killer podcast. It's Insane's Picks. I tried. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, buddy. It's just not the same. It's not. (laughs) So... Since the topic of this episode was zombies, I figure, you know, I've got to pick a zombie movie, right? right. I'm going to go with a zombie movie. Um, it took me forever to try to think of one that I should do, and also trying to think of one that I haven't already done. So I figure I might as well go to go to Italy and, uh, and mm-hmm. pick an Italian zombie film, because there's dozens of those, and all of which that I love so very, very much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Zombie 3. Directed mostly by Lucio Fulci and written by Claudio Fagazio. Um, this is one of my all time favorite Italian zombie flicks. It's right up there with The Beyond, uh, the original zombie, and Nightmare City. Um, one one of the uh, things that I love about this one is that it's it's just got so much zombie action going on. Once it starts happening, it's just nonstop through the rest of the film. I like the look of the zombies. I think they're great. They're like wet and bloody and slimy and just gross. Um, it's it's crazy and zany because like zombies literally pop out out of nowhere throughout the film. At one moment, a guy is trying to grab a hold of the helicopter as it's taking off and letting the helicopter pull him into the air so they can get away from these zombies that are coming. And just as it's taking off and you think he's going to get away, like three or four zombies pop out from underneath the leaves on the ground to pull the guy off the helicopter and and take him down. Like, were these zombies just hanging out underneath the leaves all day long just waiting for a moment to pop out? Why are all of a sudden zombies just popping out underneath hay and, and attacking this guy? It's hilarious. It's awesome. So basically, the story of Zombie 3 is terrorists steal this weaponized chemical called Death 1. One of the terrorists gets himself infected. And the military hunt him down at the Sweet River Resort. They get, they finally take him down, they, they kill him, and then they burn the body. Now the ashes, much like Return of the Living Dead, and you can see, and you can see a lot of Return of the Living Dead influence in this film. And it, it goes without saying that Italian films, you know, especially uh, Italian zombie films, take a lot, steal a lot from from other zombie films, from uh, uh, especially American zombie films. And this one, I feel like, is uh, a lot, has a lot connected to Return of the Living Dead. And I'll get into that more. But this moment here in particular, where they burn the body, the ashes rise up in the atmosphere, and then it causes a, a full zombie infection on this small, this small island. So things go from normal to batshit crazy in mere seconds in this movie. Like everything is hunky-dory. All these people are like traveling through, you know, like uh, RVs and Jeeps and whatever. Like these military guys are on leave. Um, You know, these girls are traveling by RV. There's another couple in a Jeep. All kind of like taking vacation on this island or what have you. And then all of a sudden, like, there's dead birds in the road. They go investigate the dead birds, and the dead birds come to life and start pecking at people's faces. Then it goes from that to, like, full-on zombie apocalypse. It almost feels like there are minutes missing from this movie. Like, things were, scenes were cut out, um, showing, uh, showing from point A to point C without, you know, without any B. Um, uh... 
Because, like, all of a sudden, now the town is completely abandoned, and there's just zombies everywhere. And uh, some of my favorites, uh, like, the one of my all-time favorite moments is the flying severed zombie head that flies out of the refrigerator and attacks somebody. Why the fuck there's a zombie head in the refrigerator? Uh, some zombie f- zombies are fast, and they wheel machetes, while others are so slow you could walk just walk right past them. Even though the town is completely deserted... There's the radio DJ, Blue Heart. That's his name. He could be heard still broadcasting on the radio. And they treat that character as a narrative throughout the film. Where he, I feel like the DJ character is is one of uh, Fagazio's major touches. Since he narrates, um, since he narrates throughout the movie and it's, it, it's, it's a heavy narration about how man is destroying the environment. That message is, you know, is forced on you throughout the entire film through the DJ character. Uh, the movie was shot in the Philippines and is littered with stories, much like many of the films that were shot in the Philippines during that time. Uh, uh, Fulci, unfortunately, had a stroke during the filming of Zombie 3, and although he said his health was not the contributing factor, um, he ended up leaving the project during filming. Uh, like I think it was like 70, 70, 70 minutes of the film was done, shot by Fulci, and then and then uh, Claudio uh, Fagazio and Fulci's second unit director Bruno Mattei took over the directing credits. Throughout um, a bunch of Fulci stuff and shot an additional forty minutes of footage. Claudio is best known for directing such classics as Troll 2 and Monster Dog, where Bruno Mattei is a fan favorite around here for directing some amazing films, such as Hell of the Living Dead and, yes, Jason, Rat's Night of Terror. Uh, The movie was released in 1988, but didn't get a release in the United States until Media Blasters put it out on DVD in 2002. I have the Media Blasters release of this movie. Uh, One of the things that I love about Media Blasters is during that time of the early 2000s, where Media Blasters brought over a lot of these Italian films, put them on DVD in the United States. And I don't know if there is if there is any other releases of this movie. I don't know if I don't think there's been a Blu-ray of it yet, but it's too damn bad. It should be totally put on Blu-ray. Now I talked about how um, you know the Italians would often borrow from American films. Um, some say borrow, some say straight up rip off. And how this one has a lot of connections to Return of the Living Dead. There is literally a moment that is almost word for word out of Return of the Living Dead. It's uh, one of the guys that got attacked by the birds is slowly turning into a zombie, and they're trying to rush him to a hospital, and they have him in the Jeep, and he's sitting there, and he's talking to his girlfriend. His girlfriend's all crying. He's like, don't worry, we're going to get you to the hospital soon. And he's like, he's like, oh, don't worry, I'm doing much better. Um, I'm just so hungry. Uh, I can smell, I can even smell your brains, and then he attacks, and that's, that's basically almost word for word of what uh, Tom Matthews says to, to his girlfriend in Return of the Living Dead. So, it is, it is just a great, great example of crazy zombie action by the Italians. You can see a lot of Fulci's work within it, um, especially some, some great atmospheric stuff. Where I feel like um, kind of touching on like City of the Living Dead and Beyond, um, where there's a lot of like um, a lot of 
different gel lighting and a lot of dry ice and fog work going on. Zombies coming out of the out of the uh, fogs and stuff like that. Really cool stuff. But then you can also see some of the uh, wackiness and zaniness of uh, of Claudio and Bruno influences in there as well. Uh, I I have a feeling. I know the zombie head out of the refrigerator was Fulci's idea. That was one of the things he did in the movie because he seemed extremely proud of that. He said that's one of the one of the uh, best things he's ever came up with for a zombie film. Um, but then when it's like zombies popping out of out of hay out of literally nowhere attacking a guy hanging off the end of a helicopter something you would see in like grade school kids doing in the backyard after dad raked their raked the leaves and they decide to shoot a zombie movie having zombies popping out of the leaves um that definitely feels like a bruno Mattei moment to me so anyway Check it out if you can find it. It's just it's such an amazing blend of like Filipino filmmaking and Italian filmmaking. Zombie 3 by Lucio Fulci. Check it out. Zombie 3. Yeah. Awesome. So good. Is it? I love it. <laughs> also love Zombie 4, a.k.a. Um, After Death. Was the alternate title on that one? That one's awesome, equally as awesome. But then when it gets to Zombie Five, The Killing Birds, that one I, I couldn't even tell you what that one's about. It's so <laughs> fucked up. So, but that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast, Zombies Part One. Someday there will be a part two, but not right away. Uh, we'll space that out. We don't want to overdo it on the zombie genre. Uh, I know there's a lot of horror fans that are brought out on zombies on the zombie genre, and we don't want to burn you out on the podcast as well. So we will do that sparingly. But I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, hope everybody's enjoying the show. Uh, it's a joy for us to do it for you, and happy to know that there are actually people out there listening to what we have to say. Um, you can help support the show again by going to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash AOTKP. And check out the different perks there. Get some really cool stuff. Um, so until next time, we will talk to you again soon here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of... <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast.